Michigan sports, Red Wings, Lions, Tigers, Pistons, Michigan, Michigan State, and the list goes on. And you love beer. Love beer. Who doesn't? What if we mixed the two together? This is State 
of my sports. We'll talk everything Michigan sports like only we do. And then we'll down our fair share of beer from a local brewery. Grading the beer throughout the episode. So pop a cold one on your end and we'll get busy on ours. This is the state of my sports. And this is episode 152. We are at the Hops Brewing Company and Cafe like we always are every second Tuesday of the month. Different room. But I kind of like it. This is kind of our home room. This is where we yeah. started. This is oh, where yeah. it all began. 100%. Right? So, Not bad. Um, might be a little bit of a different sound, but same place, same beer. That's all that matters, right? We're, we're good to go. Um, after our Hops Flight segment, we're going to talk some NFL draft. Detroit Pistons season recap and adopt our NBA playoff team. It's going to be a nice quick one, allegedly. I mean, we'll see how, how that happens, but that's what that's what we're going to talk about, and we'll see how quickly we can get that done. Um, after that, we will see if I can get back on track with a winning Wednesday parlay um, uh, for our betting hero segment. And of course, we'll grade some Michigan beer like we always do. Nice. That was a great intro. Yeah, you pumped? I'm, I'm excited for tonight. I really am. No, you were you were going crazy a little bit, right? During the setup, a, a little bit. Setup yeah. fits. I mean, the cameras I, scuffing up the ceiling. I'm usually going crazy. You guys just usually aren't there to witness it because it's <laughs> usually just set up for you. It just usually it's just like a snap of the fingers and it's done. Got it. But for some reason, it, it, it actually took a process today. So usually I do the like the, the I dream a genie and it just gets done. Yeah. Yeah. It didn't happen tonight, so I actually had to do it by hand. Right, yeah. So. It was weird that I had to witness that. I don't yeah. like it. Next time I'm going to be later. Yeah, be late. And, and, and yeah, you guys won't see set. stress. That Sam. reference was on point. Yeah, I, I think I nailed <laughs> yeah. it too. Though. Yeah, you did. <laughs> That's what she did, right? <laughs> the first time, not the second time. <laughs> no? What did I do different? I, I thought it was you got a little head fake in there. That's all. That's Whatever. Fine. Oh, well. Um, I'm Sam Waltart. With me today, we got Micah Smith. Ryan Waldhart, which I removed your name, and John hey. Dornboss working behind the scenes. Uh, before we jump in, I did want to give a quick shout-out to our sponsors to help keep this thing rolling and free for our listeners. Tops Brewing Company and Cafe is the official brewery of State of My Sports. Mac Web Design helped us get our website up and running. That's basically sitting around doing nothing at this point. I think we got to dig into that. That's, that's on me, for sure. Um, and Betting Hero helps us, and you get the best promos available in the sports betting world. Uh, really, I mean... The sports betting thing is, is getting a little crazy. I mean, the, I actually put money on the Masters this past weekend, which didn't go well for me. You did? Yeah. Oh, gosh. I put, didn't you know it was raining? So I put 25 <laughs> full dollars. Like, I, I don't go, like, that's a big bet for, like, a one-in-done type thing. And that you was just, like. full dollars? Wow. $25. So the, all right, what, what I found. Thinking? So the reason why I did twenty five. So uh, FanDuel has like a promo, like for for already customers or whatever. It was like uh, if you're Quickest so you bet twenty five dollars, twenty five dollars on on a certain player, and if he makes the top ten, you get your money back. Yeah. So I'm like, all right, well, let me do that, and I took Xander Shoffley, and he missed the cut completely. Is that how you say it, John? Shoffley. 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 So that, yes, would have been the answer. Correct. Okay. All right. I did say it right. That's all that matters, right? Uh, no, but I don't know. I, I and he, yeah, it really hurt. So I'm not going to do that anymore. And I've been betting on <laughs> Formula One. I, you know, we used to do the, the we used to do the read for was it it was DraftKings, right? Is that who we did the read for? Yes. Um, and then every time we would do a read, you'd have to like call like sell the number or whatever, like the phone number to call yeah. if you have a problem. Yeah. Um, I'm not to that point yet. 
That's but good. I, I'm, I'm a little. I'm, I'm. I might have to be looking up the the, the number here soon because well, I forgot what the number is at this point. But so you want me to call for you? I I want. Yes, I think that's a great idea. Somebody should call for me so my name doesn't get out there. One eight hundred. Sam is losing too much money. Too much money. Okay. Yeah. Well, yeah. Got it. It was only twenty five bucks, but. I don't know. And I have a lot going on tonight, and I don't even want to look at <laughs> what's going on. But Uh-oh. Yeah, I don't know. How, how's Kevin Durant doing? That's all I need to know. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> Anyways, keeping uh, with, the, with the theme of the, the, the betting, uh, we did our Masters um, uh, draft like we always do, which was fun without Micah especially. It was even better because we oh. could get like really good <laughs> players with all, all four of our picks. Well, um, you're welcome. But the results are in, and Ryan, I would say you were in last. I don't um, know. <laughs> your first two picks were, were Kepka and Spieth. They both missed the cut, and then you had Cantlay and Watson, who tied at 39th. I took the safest like road, in my opinion. <laughs> and it just failed miserably. It, it was not good. So I'm thinking John might know what he's talking about when it comes to, to golf. And yeah, so I would give my, myself – I guess we never really lay out like the rules. Yeah, of, of what this 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 thing is that we do with the draft. Well, give me the bronze medal, though. Yeah. But and you uh, are the master what, of rules. What it, <laughs> what it should have been was twelve points for the highest end of the tournament ranked golfer, and then we work down to one point for whoever's golfer finishing last. Well, that's a great idea. So then I think you I, lost me already. I think I would have won some points. You would have won for sure. Um, so we're, I I, I would give my I'm going to give myself yeah. the second place. I took Rom, who finished at twenty seventh. Dustin Johnson, he finished 12th. Thomas finished 8th. That's actually not terrible. No. And Xander, who I lost a lot of money on and I wasn't happy about, um, he missed the cut. So that really sucked. Um, but, John, I will definitely give you the win. You had the first-place player with Scheffler, who was your second pick. Um, Cameron Smith, is that his name? He took third. Correct. Which was your first pick. And then you had Hovland, who finished at 27th. And then Burns? Missed the cut. Missed the cut. So by, by one stroke. Your, yeah. your pick was technically Burns slash Tiger Woods. I yeah. gave you Burns so it made us feel a little bit better about our picks. Yeah, I mean, Tiger barely made the cut. And but he made it, yeah, right? I, I guess he made some money this weekend. Where'd yeah. McElroy finish? Second, I think, right? Oh, shoot. Second. That's who I would have taken. He, yeah. <laughs> thanks for the text. He had a, a heck, he had a heck <laughs> of a Sunday. He did, yeah. Rory, yeah. So I was uh, listening to Pat McAfee. You guys okay. ever listen to him? A little bit. Dude, he's a riot. He's funny. He's really good. Um, but like he took uh Scheffler, who ended up winning the thing, he took him like minus eleven or better, or minus twelve or better or something like really? that. Really? Oh geez. Yeah. And like I wow. guess he four putted or something. The last hole, yeah. He had like a six stroke lead going yeah. into the hole. So he took And he his four time. putted to get to minus ten instead of minus twelve or eleven or whatever, then yeah, so I, I think he was pretty pretty pissed about that. But <laughs> That's a heartbreaker. <laughs> yeah, it, it really was. Um, but anyways, I mean, that, that was kind of where we were at. But Tiger Woods, I mean, what he did is pretty impressive, right? To make, make the uh, cut and stuff. Well, yeah, going from, hey, we're going to amputate one of your legs to, oh, you're out on the course walking Augusta. Yeah. Like, Which, that's impressive. I, I, making the cut. I do want to say I think golfers get a little high and mighty about, you know, when we walk this course – we're up like 30 flights of stairs overall. Like the terrain is so crazy. Yeah. No, like I've never seen a hill. Let's it down a little bit because one thing that golf is, and John, I know you're a golf guy, so you might want to just take your headphones off for a second so I can get this out there. Should, I, like, cut, should yeah. I cut your mic so I don't golf hear Golf guys are like a little crazy when it comes to, like that is, that's not a talent to walk. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> 
Especially <laughs> when you can just like breathe and be like, okay, now I'm all set. <laughs> exactly. My heart rate's under control. Let me take a swing. I'm sorry. It's <laughs> that part of it has never been impressive to me. I don't care. Like, you, you you go golfing with with people that can barely walk all the time. Yeah, they can ride in carts and stuff, but a lot of them walk. Like, there's a reason why golf is an old man sport because it's easy. I think and I'm sorry, but like walking. Nicholson bowed out because <laughs> he couldn't walk it. Couldn't walk it. Yeah, he got an old man. <laughs> His calves weren't, weren't holding <laughs> holding to him anymore. But I don't know. I just look good for Tiger. I'm. <laughs> I want him to win, and he, I, look. Moral victories for Tiger is not going to do me any good, personally. That doesn't get, that doesn't tickle my fancy. No, <laughs> I'm, I'm not going to watch for a moral feel good that Tiger's playing golf, because I could wake up tomorrow and be like, you know what, I'm not going to work. I'm going to go golf. Do we do we know what the ratings were like? I don't know. Well, uh, that would well be watched. interesting, John. Can you can you look that up? Like what the ratings were for the Masters? Because I I didn't watch. Hardly at all. I did watch a little, but but not like I, I didn't sit down to watch the Masters. So when I it's when constant. I'm at work, like I, I pull pull it up and then just have like I listen to it. That's kind of what I did when Xander Shoffley was struggling because I wanted to really pay attention to that. But did did they come out with any ratings, John? According to CBS, the final round of the 2022 Masters was the most watched golf telecast on any network since the final round of the 2019 Masters that Tiger won on his comeback. Really, Whew. I mean, it's a Tiger effect, right? He's he's the he, even with all the talented players, like Scheffler coming on. Like, well, didn't he like get to number one quicker than anybody else or something like that? From yeah, like, it's his fourth win this year on it's tour. Insane. And he's one of two players to ever win a major, four tournaments, and what they call like a World Golf Championship. Okay, all in the same season. Tiger Woods has done it five times as the only other player. Whoa, oh, I've heard of him. Um, on average, 10.173 million viewers, 7% increase from last year's Masters tournament. Wow. Tiger effect. Yeah, Tiger effect, for sure. Yeah, no, for sure. But No, good um, for them, though. Another another thing that's going on this weekend, Ryan, you want to, to talk a little bit about the start of the Tiger season? We don't want to dig into them a ton, but like, what, what are you seeing so far? And, and to, to kind of set you up, so listening to the sports talk all day, every day, Monday was like a disaster. People were pissed, like... I can't believe this happened. Like this is so bad. This team's gonna be so oh my bad. Gosh, people overreact. Overreaction so much. is insane. And then they win yesterday, and then the overreaction this morning was <laughs> insane. Too. It's just it's so funny. And I love it though. This is exactly what we want for as Tigers fans. It's yeah. overreact. I, I don't care what John from sorry, John, but I just threw a name out there. From John from, from Kalamazoo <laughs> cares about the Tigers weekend personally. Yeah. But like as long as I care enough. And people care that that's a good thing. But what what are you seeing so far? Well, I just I I see inconsistency. I mean, it's a young team still. It it really is. Um, I, Javi Baez has two big important hits already. He's been striking out. You know, like he, he's giving exactly what we knew what he was going to be. He when when the game is on the line, he wants the big moment. He's he's taking care of business a couple of times. Um, no, I, I like the way this lineup is set up right now. I like the depth of our lineup. Uh, Torkelson got his first hit today, I believe. Yeah, yeah, right? it was a double. double. Yeah, it was cool. And he scored and everything. It so wasn't good like for a him. hard hit ball or anything, but it just it worked. Hey, he got it out of the it's, way though. It's not how it's how many. No, but and, and he's been he's been struggling in a lot of people's minds. But you know, he had like four walks in the first eleven at bats of yeah. his career. Like I'm not that worried about the guy. He's just get on base. Yeah. Um, and I think the depth of this lineup is something we haven't seen. 
in several years. We haven't seen good Definitely. hitters at the seven and eight hole, and I'm just I'm I'm pretty excited still. We've been what we've been through the um, pitching staff one time now. So every starting pitcher's got one attempt, and what have we seen? Exactly what we expected. Expect it's yeah. a, it's, it's the up and expect. What yeah. most fans should. People that understand baseball will know that this is exactly what we are going to kind of see. If you asked anybody coming out of spring, who would be the more inconsistent day one starter? Would it be uh, um, sorry, I'm Casey Mize, Tarek yeah, Skubal, Tarek Skubal, or Matt Manning? Like out of those three, who would be the most consistent and give you the best day one outing? Nobody would have said Matt Manning, right? No, not, at least people that don't really pay attention. Yeah, not say. through the spring. Yeah, yeah. Just based on the spring, you'd say Tarek Skubal's probably ready. He's gonna he's gonna dominate a little bit, or, yeah. or at least give a good outing. Um, Casey Mize might give you a quality start and we'll see what we get out of Matt Manning. It was complete opposite. So yeah, well, Casey Mize was close to a quality start, right? Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, like his wasn't terrible. He fought it a lot, which I think is what we saw a lot last year too. Like yep. his bad outings were not terrible. They're not like, exp- like blowing things up, but like he was fighting it. To- he was difficult. Even the good innings were difficult. Right. Um, but I mean, what 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 are the problems that you're seeing early on? I know it's early, but it's still fun to talk about, right? Yeah, I think <laughs> I think um I think we're seeing the spring. The lack of having a real spring has really impacted these pitchers more than anything. Yeah. So I'm just seeing inconsistency from throwing strikes from from p- being able to pitch inside. Yeah. When a pitcher is on his game, that's when he lives inside, and, he, and that's what we saw out of Casey Mize come the summer. Yep. And Tarek Skubal, that's what we saw during the spring and all that. But now they're you're going from spring weather going back up north and they're going to be pitching in this cold, nasty, wet kind of type of, you know, atmosphere and it's just it's tough on them, but yeah. that's baseball. Yeah. What do you think about the hitting so far? Same kind of thing. I I really I really think if the if you look at the difference between demographic or you know, geographically, I guess if you're going around to California down south of Texas, those guys don't have to worry about the weather that Detroit's seeing right now. Yeah. And so I I think that plays a lot in um, you know just northern climates and and how difficult it is to adjust from the spring and then just jump right into it. Like I I was playing in snow in college baseball and then by the time it was fifty five and rainy and and windy I was like yeah this is awesome yeah but these guys aren't doing spring training in the <laughs> snow like they're they're in warm climate and then they're coming back up north so I think I, I'm not worried about anything honestly I, yeah I, I, I worried I think would be definitely an overstatement I think what we're seeing is what we are concerned about kind of with this lineup. It's like, yeah, there's a lot of depth and way more depth than we, we have seen in the past, but you're going to have those swing and, the miss, swing and miss guys. And if it's off, it's going to be off. And I feel like the quality of at-bats have been a little disappointing and the, the, the lack of a threat inning in and inning out. Like they're not it, – it just seems so easy for the opposite pitcher. And, again, it changes and, it, and it's a small, very small sample size – but I'm a little concerned with that, that it just doesn't seem to be consistent, and they're not making it difficult on the opposing pitcher. Yeah, and I, and I almost see the opposite. I see a lot of grinding type of at-bats, which means that they're getting into their groove, but they're just not making solid contact. And then, like, Robbie Grossman's hitting 059 right now yeah. through five games, and, and he's actually had – through the first four games, I don't know about today's, but through the first four games, he had, to me, some of the best swings of the season – out of our whole lineup, and he just wasn't getting yeah. the, the results from it yet. It, it's coming. All right. Um, Micah, what, what do you want to talk about today? Oh, I love this because they are at the spotlight of sports right now, the L.A. Lakers. 
Okay. Okay. Yes. Yep. Awesome. So they made the playoffs, right? You would think with the with ten, the payroll? ten possible teams to make the playoffs nowadays. Ooh, absolutely not. They Sheesh. they bombed their entire season. They ended up 33-49, missed the postseason wow. by a long shot. A long shot for That's the bad. Lakers, okay? Yeah. Not for the Pistons, okay? Because we, we, we ended up pretty ugly. But so the Lakers have the number five salary, cap hit salary, okay? okay. Overall, Pistons are at 28. There, there's, a, there's a 10 win difference between the two teams. But, I mean, how do we feel about where we're standing versus the Lakers. I know it's a very, very far stretch from one end to the other. Yeah. But yet it seems so close that we're not spending the salary that, that they are because we're sitting at 28. 28. 28 28th in, in salary. 28th in salary. I mean, I think, I think everybody in the world knew the Russell Westbrook experiment was not going to work except for LeBron. <laughs> yeah, that, I, I think that's <laughs> how, the... How weird is that? And like... Russell Westbrook is not a good basketball player. No, not anymore. Not without the ball in his hands. Like he needs to be the thirty-eight percent field goal percentage guy. But just like oh, I'm going to try hard and, and volume you to death. I don't know. Yeah. Like, but when you're just like a role player and you don't even have the yeah. ball in your hands most of the time, shoot, and then when he gets uh, it, what what shoot threes? Like okay, the, not a good situation. So I love that you brought up Westbrook because th- this is I'm gonna. I'm going to provide a quote for you from him. He says, I just felt like I was never given a fair chance to be who I needed to be to help this team. <laughs> so <laughs> yeah. with, with that, how many games do you think he played out of 82 games? My guess would be like 79. I'm going yeah. to say 64. He played 78 games. Wow. Wow. And he was never given a. And I'm sure his minutes were. He was probably 38, 40 minutes a game, probably right. Like no, he sat a lot of fourth quarters. Oh, he did. Well, yeah, because he wasn't so bad, <laughs> doing very well. Yeah. No, all right. Russell Westbrook. He, he, I'm not basketball guy, obviously, John. And, and you look like you got something to say, so maybe you should just say it. I'm just. Wa- I put my foot I'm just. In my mouth. I'm just waiting for you. Waiting to either correct you or jump on the train. <laughs> <laughs> Russell Westbrook is for what he gets paid is 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 ridiculous. And and if you're and that's part of their salary is or their salary issue and is he's getting way overpaid for what he brings. Like what he does can be done by a I don't know, seven million dollar guy. And what is he probably like a forty million dollar guy, forty five million? Yeah, I mean he's a liability outside of sixteen feet from the hoop. <laughs> he's an and one of the most overpaid oh, – he's probably one of the highest-paid guys on the team, probably third, the, the, right? The further he gets from the hoop, the worse he is at shooting, passing, and handling the ball. Yeah. He, this, is, this has been year after year. This has been coming for a little while now. Yeah. And he was in his prime. This is a classic example of somebody who never has had elite basketball skill but had an elite basketball desire and a physical ability. And so his athleticism has gotten him by for a really long time. And, and we're talking like elite of elite type yeah. of athleticism. He's now in his mid-30s. It, it's failing him at this point. And his decision-making, it seems like he's starting to – I, I feel, He's just getting so bad. I feel his, his pain because I sit and play on Sundays. I play hockey on Sundays. And I feel like one of the most unathletic people on the ice. <laughs> I am doing stuff that I have never done in my entire life. Like I'm literally just – passing to the wrong person because my brain 
thought that, that like it was just like my brain's doing one thing and my body's doing another and I just <laughs> and I'm sure he's going through that like it's that's tough when you're an elite talent yeah like and then all of a sudden it just drops off like yeah. I feel I feel sorry for Westbrook it's so, so weird really, so really you, got, you should be him. in the prime of your career I it's should so be right? yeah. <laughs> it's crazy we're probably the same age he's probably 33 35 I don't know Westbrook well, is the highest played player on that team. <laughs> is he oh really? Forty-four gosh. million dollars. Wow. LeBron's at forty-one. That's insane. But tying it to the Pistons, it's like so. Like we we kind of right. talk about all the time. Like and, and this is more me than anything. It's like the Pistons will never get the high free agent. They'll never be able to bring in somebody, and that's a problem. It, and you're talking then, one, and they have three. Yeah, but here we are. It's like you look at the way that all of this is failing now. And, right. it, and the, I mean the the Nets, their 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 trip their duo or uh, trio trio, they had to break it up and try a new one mid season and see if they can figure that out. Um, uh, the Lakers trio obviously didn't work. Like right. it, it 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 seems like it's starting to fade away from the super team. Got to get the big free agent, and that's how you become a, a true contender. Is that kind yeah. of what you're thinking? Right? Yeah, that's that's kind of what I was going towards. Is Tying it into the Pistons, do we do we need a big three? Do we need a big two? What what is it? I mean, do you really want to follow what has been going on for the last I don't know five seasons? I brought I mean, this up, probably I, more. Honestly, he, it's okay. probably, I mean, since LeBron went to yeah. the Heat, I brought this up last time when we when we talked about not building through the draft or, or different ways to build an uh, an NBA team and. I told you guys, like this is not. It's a little outdated. It's transitioning, yeah, for sure. Yep. It, it, we're getting into the point where it's out with the old and with the new, and there's a whole bunch of young, skilled players out there yeah. that are that are competing at a really equal level to these elite athletes. Now, Kevin Durant is still dominating the NBA, but the NBA has 100%. changed. But the NBA has changed where you can get dominated or dominating three point you know percentages based on role players who are really good at what they do. The whole 3 and D thing, that's that's within the last 8 to 10 years. Mm. That okay. is comp- that's changed the NBA. So, I have a question for John and Ryan then. And so at this Whoa. <laughs> yes. You're right? Do you agree with Ryan? I can't a- ask a- answer a question. This is for them only. Well, <laughs> Whoa, what an oh, overreaction. Man. Really <laughs> caught off guard. Holy smokes. Yeah, I, I hope yeah. I remember my I question. I the old in with the new. So <laughs> with with the the joke, the I feel like you guys took it like I was actually in Out that. with the Taco Tuesday in with the overreaction Tuesday. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, ask them Ask them their really important questions, we were so, Micah. We were so Good startled. Lord. That's the thing. Like, I didn't know if the podcast was still continuing. I thought something <laughs> happened. He, I, you I know thought, what's funny? I, I thought, thought he lost a bat. I'm, yeah. I'm going to go, you know. Yeah, I, I thought the checks that he writes this weekly didn't go through or something. <laughs> okay. Not I was going to go on my phone, so. like Instagram or something, while you guys answer these <laughs> questions for Micah. Because I can't say anything. Just shut my mic off. Might yeah. as well, right? So <laughs> At this point. It might drown out a little bit of the background noise. <laughs> From... Playoff fringe teams, I mean, how do you think these teams are going to look at it going forward in the next two to three seasons? Are they going to look at a lot of pending high-name free agents, or do you think they're going to start trying to look at the way the Bucks kind of did things? You, you I was mean about to answer first? You mean the you mean the homegrown the homegrown aspect yeah, and yeah. not getting? I mean, you, you can answer. You don't have to throw your phone. I might though. <laughs> Well, I think there's a lot of examples. So people are bringing up the Grizzlies okay. with yep. the young, talented, uh, length athlete. But you know, you get your ball dominant guy, and then you get a bunch of 
supporting guys who can play defense. Right. So that that's their way. You you can go the Hawks way where you just try to dominate on offense as much as possible and and you know put it in his hands and say go win the game for us. Um, right. So so where do you see this going? Is is kind of the overall question. Like where where do you think these the teams league? are going to? I mean, do you see big twos, big threes, or do you see star player back to kind of the way it was a lot of supporting role type players if we're saying the league is cyclical i would say we're going back to like the 80s 90s you know early 90s at least where it's like teams are pitted against each other and i and i think maybe that um Ante DeCumpo had a big part of that because he wants to stay where he is and prove right. to everybody else saying, right. no screw you yep. now all these other teams are also doing it yeah maybe maybe that is the best example then now that now the, the league right. is reacting to the Bucks' success, right? And now they have to. They, it's it's it, not like you can just go buy the NBA championships. Yeah, you build yeah, through the draft, and, and, and they don't and have develop. to have a top three. Top the biggest four thing salary. that this tells me is what I've been trying to tell people for a long time: is LeBron James should not be the GM and head coach of his own team. What do you think, John? Stop getting the, your friends on your team. I thought the the handling of uh, coach uh, is it Frank Vogel. Yeah. Did you guys, I mean, did you hear that too? Adrian Wojnowski or whatever, the the Adam Schefter of the NBA. Yeah. Oh, Woj Uh, bomb guy. Woj, yeah. He broke the news uh, after their last regular season game. That was awkward. The question was brought up in the uh, post game. The (laughs) Lakers won, right? All their high-paid athletes, players, uh, they sat out the last game. So they just ran all their young guys out there. They ended up winning the game. And uh, the f- first question to Frank Vogel after the game was, uh, Wojnowski just reported that your job is gone. Like, you've, <laughs> you've been fired before he was ever even told anything. Wow. So I think that just uh, speaks a lot to just, like, the, the, uh, the culture in L.A. Um, there's changes that need to be made, like, at higher levels, clearly. Um, whoever a- approved of the Russell Westbrook trade is uh, <laughs> not adequate at uh, basketball, the, the game. Um, <laughs> the same GM as the and, Miami Dolphins. You know, what's funny, too, is there were a lot of other free agents that wanted to go to L.A. and play with LeBron. A lot of guys that are having career years right now, DeMar DeRozan, Kyle Lowry, these guys that went to other teams, took less money, went to other teams that are going to be playing in the playoffs. Um, so, I, you know, it's just the chemistry thing. I think that's what it's come down to in the NBA. All these guys are friends now. Nobody's enemies like they were back in the day. Guys can drive, right. can drive through the lane and not get fouled. That when, that, when that changed in the NBA, everybody became friends. You don't got guys getting knocked down on the floor like they were back in the you know late 80s, early 90s, mid 90s, and late 90s even physical basketball. Um, so I I feel like the Pistons are doing it right. I think LA's got a mess. They got a mess to handle. Absolutely. Um, the I guess the worst part about that whole story is hearing Jawan Howard's name floated around as potential coaching yeah, candidate that, to go to LA. That'll be really interesting to see how it all plays out. I now I don't expect him to I mean, he'll probably interview it'll be you'll kind of go through the rigmarole if you will but for him to leave now does not make sense at all with his other no. his other son coming in like this is and who, who wants to go to the lakers as your first job yeah like as that's not what job. people you're basically setting yourself up Ooh. for failure at that point every, now, every established coach has gone there their, their careers just doing yeah. outside of phil jackson yeah it's like the lions of the the NBA, like if you get fired, you won't get another job. Now it is interesting that Westbrook does. It, it sounds like he might have a trade opportunity out there too. To which, get traded? Which yeah, it was. It was originally thought that it was impo- going to be impossible to move that contract 
because he is higher paid than LeBron. <laughs> yeah. But the Indiana Pacers have two guys on their <laughs> oh, team that they're looking to get rid of. Um, it's it's the, the, I don't know, shooting guard from the Kings, the, the previous one that they just traded for. Buddy Heald. Buddy Heald and uh, Malcolm Brogdon. So those two combinations, that, it's rumored that that trade might actually go through, wow. and that would be wild. I've heard, I've heard like three other teams too that are willing to move like low end assets to take on the contract to to help if, their cap if, situation. If I remember correctly, we were talking a little little less than a year ago from right now. We were talking about the Russell Westbrook. Yes, we should were. the Pistons have yep. gotten involved with that? Oh. Thank you, Lord, that we did not because. I think I was. I, I might Dude, have been you, supportive you of it. You and I were furious that we didn't. We just even, didn't land them. Yeah, yeah. That's why we don't know basketball, right? <laughs> <laughs> I'm okay with it. One, I'm alright with one, that. One, one guy that does know basketball, King Kyle, just uh, commented: uh, the Suns are the best example. They drafted great talent, and then they, you know, brought in that's one. True. Free, that's true. Brought point. in brought in one free agent. That, Chris that's Ball. actually a really good example for the Pistons because they they built. They're building through the draft, and you have the cap space to go pay for the right guy. Not necessarily the guy that everybody's all excited about because Chris Paul kind of had that reputation of being like, uh, he's never going to win, blah, blah, blah. He's getting old. Well, if you get the right guy, not the guy, that that's that's what the Pistons can do. And, and we'll get into the Pistons here in our in – our, we have a main topic for them here coming up soon. That felt like um, main we, topic. Yeah, I mean, we're oh, done. Sorry. Actually, we're done with the Pistons now. <laughs> yeah, just cr- cross that off. On to the Lakers. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, it, it, it's interesting to see the way that the, the league's kind of changing, though. But, John, did you actually have a flight topic today? You, you said you were going to give it to me, and you never did. I, I left it open. All right, not trying to lie, I was going to see how the food was tonight and maybe just hype up this DeHops menu. I have yet to uh, indulge in a meal from DeHops Cafe f- Brewing. That's a perfect flight segment. Doesn't so, it have to be f- sports? Oh, every taco was great. Uh had the beef, chicken, and pork taco. I also tried the loaded fries that were amazing oh, with yeah. the beer cheese and the bacon and the green onion chives. I guess uh, my, my backup topic real quick was just kind of uh, recapping the University of Michigan had a heck of a 2021 calendar year in sports. Yeah, let's, yeah. Let's, let's talk about it. Women's gymnastics, national champs. Women's softball lost in the regionals to number six Washington. Women's soccer lost to number one Florida in the NCAA tournament. Women's basketball lost to Lee eight in the to Louisville. Yeah. Men's football, we all know, you know, finished fourth place overall. I guess or third, third. Yeah, tied, oh, probably tied for third. Tied for third. Tied for third. Um, you know, lost to you know the national championship in Georgia in the semifinals. Men's wrestling. Um, Five and two on the season in their matches. Uh, finished fifth in the NCAA tournament. That's their third straight top five finish in the NCAA tournament. I'm not big into wrestling. I just looked that one up. We all know what men's basketball did. <laughs> Thirteen regular season lost team, but they made another Sweet 16 run. Was and it like six straight or something like that? Like five, that yeah. I think four or five, five straight. Yeah, because yeah. I think Eli Brooks has played in five Sweet 16s, which is crazy. Uh, or four, four. Four maybe. Anyway, and then uh, yeah, and then men's hockey uh, most recently lost in the Frozen Four. I didn't really watch much of the game, but oh. it sounded like they had a hell of a season. And man, that was a stinger, I mean, man. To to finish in the they top four, that says a, a lot. Stacked team like that. That was that feels like one that they let get away. And then they, yeah. they lost to Denver. Or no, no, yeah, they lost to Denver. Lost to Denver. And Denver won like what six to two or something. I thought it was five, five one. Five one, same thing. In the but national championship game, so Denver. Yeah, Denver went on to win it. Yeah, Denver yeah. went on to win it. They were actually down. One nothing, I think, heading into the third. Really, Denver was, yeah. And it was funny because one of the guys that I was watching with was uh, 
He took the over four and a half, and everybody was just giving him it, giving it to him. Like, oh, you're such an idiot to going over four and a half, and all of a sudden, boom, 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 boom. Like, really? Yeah, I think there were two empty net goals, and he's just like walking out backwards, all pumped wow. and stuff. It was so fun. So I don't know if I missed any other sports, but it sounded like volleyball and men's baseball both had like mediocre seasons, you know, above 500. Um, I think women's field hockey is a really good program too, but I didn't look up the results. But yeah. anyway, you know, not, not trying to sound like uh, – uh, what do they call Michigan that? Homer P- partial? Um, but yeah, you I know, think I'm, we we need I'm, to have a, a flight segment about state now, right? I've, well, maybe. I next, mean, next we, week. we have some just angry listeners. Yeah, we got to make it fair. We can come up with their highlights. This world is about fairness. Okay, so it'll just be about the running back, right? I would say that was about three minutes and eighty-five seconds. Yeah, which I is tried, over the I really, three minutes. I really tried to. <laughs> <laughs> we got to just make sure that we dial that in. Yeah. And we can state the exact same That's amount of time. Otherwise, some people might be very, very offended. I tried to hurry through it too, so. If I got to yeah. talk faster next week, I totally will. Well, no, we'll have well, to slow should, down to make well, it. State has um, um, Izzo. Yeah, but well, we're good. Izzo, yeah. Kenneth Walker for a Hon- year. Honestly, Michigan yeah, we'll should just stop winning. Yeah, we'll yes. talk about Sorry. we'll talk about Kenneth Walker. We'll get there. Yeah, we're yeah exactly. Every time we talk about Kenneth Walker, that counts as talking state, right? Absolutely. So no, giving that, him credit. That was good. Before we uh, for the fifth running back, move on from our De Hops flight segment. I want to remind everyone that De Hops Brewing Company and Cafe is serving. Incredible food and pouring some of the best craft beer in West Michigan. Chef Dan's revamped food menu, full of awesome. tacos and the, the the loaded fries. Tacos were good tonight. The tacos were honestly better than they've ever been. Yeah, they were good I thought tonight. they were dialed in for sure. So hats off to Chef Dan. I can't take my hat off because I have headphones Chef on. Chef Dan. I couldn't decide if I like the chicken or the pork better tonight. I couldn't decide. Both, Chef, both good. Chef Dan RD. Chef, oh, I like that. Chef Dan RD. Pork, pork, hundred <laughs> percent. Yeah, I think I agree. Um, and I lost where I'm spot. And head brewer Ben, uh, Ben's rotating taps, wine and ciders make the hops perfect for whatever you have going on. Lieutenant From Dan. dinner with the family, like we had tonight, late night drinks with friends, which we're doing right now, and everything in between. I think I've done that. Have I said that before? Is that what you're no, laughing? No, I'm just I'm, you're I'm laughing thinking, at yourself. I'm laughing at myself. I'm, oh, I, keep, I missed it. I just said Lieutenant Dan, and then I'm thinking about you know you got new legs, <laughs> <laughs> you got new tacos. <laughs> Sorry, off the, topic. The Ben and Dan duo is putting a ton of their time and energy at making the hops a staple in the West Michigan restaurant community that we highly recommend to our friends and listeners. Taco Tuesday, which is tonight, Stein Night Wednesdays, and some incredible specials on Fridays and Saturdays. I highly recommend following them on Instagram and Facebook where they share some great pictures of their weekly specials, and, man, that'll get your mouth watering pretty darn quick. The um, hops is the official brewery state of my sports in 2022, and if you mentioned state of my sports... You get a nice little discount off your first beer. And then two or three weeks? Yes. Uh, Let's two get this weeks. Popping right two now. weeks from Thursday. Hey. Ryan looks very confused. What do you know what it is? Draft party. Oh, all right. Get out of here. It didn't look like you knew what we were talking about. I have I was been prepping for this draft party. <laughs> yeah. Come on. I, mean, I ain't rankings, confused. All I ain't that confused. You confused. I'm confused. Um, no, but the the. Watch party, John. Do you got that up on the screen for the, for our viewers? I do. I'm just waiting for it to load on Facebook. Look at Live. that oh. flyer. Let's Look at go. that thing. We got the our logo. We got the Hops logo. We got the time, which is eight o'clock. And we're, we're, so, for the people that can't come to the Hops and join us for the live party, just watch the live stream and throw all your comments in. We'll talk about it. Lions got two picks. They got the second pick. 
And the last pick. It's going to be a late night. That's More dangerous. Two? Are going to trade back into the first for three? Oh. Hey, oh, you never what? know. We'll oh. trade back what? for two ha- oh. and then add a third. Having to stay up for the final pick of the first round? You know, oh, that's, that's, that's going to be terrible. Man, I'm going to be <laughs> so... I'm going to take work off the next day. It's going to be great. Sorry, We're going to be drinking beer. Sorry. We're going to be here at the Hops. It's going to be a great time. I take it back. Water. I take it yeah, all back. water. <laughs> there might be some giveaways. I don't know. I'm making stuff up at this point. But just come and join us. If you listen to the podcast. It'll be a lot of fun. We, look, we have way more listeners than I know. Like, my mom and dad aren't the only listeners. I know that based on the numbers. Yeah, there's so at least there's a people, third. There's other people out there that I don't know are listening to this. And I want to meet you. I want to talk to you. I want to know what you think about the Lions draft and all that good stuff. You and, know? and the best part about the night, oh, besides the draft, okay, Food specials and drink specials. You don't have to like football. You don't even have to like sports. Come out, hang out with us, spend some time, spend some money here. They've got great food. They've got great beer. Come out and hang they out. They get free pool. And they have free pool. You can literally save money like, by coming on, on, on like you can two weeks swim? from now Thursday. Like swim in the pool? You can make money. or you. I mean, if you want to gamble on a pool game, do it. And start making money. You could you walk go. out with more money than you came in with. Sam's and about, Sam's about to have a little nice buzz. He's about to have a Thursday night parlay over here at the pool. <laughs> pool yeah, table. I'm going to be just send me your, your handicaps and I'll, I'll be betting on them. I'll set. D Hops Brewing, Standale, Michigan. Yes. Come on out. We're going to create an event on the Facebook. And we're going to send it out to all of our likes, obviously. Do but, it. But send it to other people, too. Thank you guys for, for listening to our rant there. That was, that was good. That was, is that the end of it? That's the end of the the. The hop stuff. Well, it was. I wouldn't say good. Drinking craft beer, having fun, and talking sports in the state of Michigan. You're listening to State of My Sports. All right. So the Detroit Pistons season is officially over, and we got to put a nice little recap on this, on the season. Um, Ryan, you can tell us what was great, what was bad, and tell us why we were wrong heading into the season, but first, I didn't want to say the Pistons finished the season twenty-three and fifty-nine overall. Uh, they finished with the second-worst record in the Eastern Conference, one more win than Orlando, and the third-worst record overall with three more wins than Houston, um, and three more wins in ten less games than last year. Uh, Vegas had the over/under set at twenty-five and a half, which we talked about in our um, season preview. Uh, we kind of all had the over. The, the rough start was kind of the, the biggest issue here. And the health early on yeah. made this team not gel quick enough. And to be honest with you, I'm, I'm 100% okay with it. I'm okay with where they ended up. Oh, yeah. Are you forgetting one important thing, Sam? I probably am. What am I supposed to do here? <laughs> Are you forgetting just one thing? Oh, beer introductions. We forgot to introduce a beer. Oh, my gosh. I'm sorry. What are we doing? We just started hop? a segment, though, so we can't stop. Okay. But that's how we always do it. We always stop it. Oh, yeah, yeah. Never mind. Never mind. Take it back. I I only had to call you out because Kyle called you out. Kyle. (laughs) Man. The podcast master that shows up once every year now. You should come around. It sounds like you know what you're doing. I'm surprised he's he's not here tonight. The the poor man is working remotely, okay? Yeah. Give him a break. Yeah, exactly. COVID made him a remote podcast a remote listener. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, thank you, John, and thank you, Kyle, you son of a. Um, <laughs> let's talk about what we're, what we're drinking Whoa. tonight. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Somebody tell me what we're drinking tonight. I don't. I, I just need a drink. What is it? Is it stand delicious? You gotta, t- no. you gotta tell me what it is. It's yeah. A one, oh. <laughs> which I'm very uncomfortable saying that. 
Why? Yeah. I don't know. It sounds Juju sounds Smith Lager. Juju Smith Lager. Yeah. Oh, okay. It's a brand new beer. Brand it's new beer. Lager. Last I, week. I th- I thought you were yanking my chain earlier when you said Juju Smith. I'm I'm drinking that and I'm like Juju Smith Schuster. What? I think that's what they that's what Ben was going for. It's definitely what it is. Five percent. This unique lager takes the traditional light body and refreshing qualities of traditional lagers and combines it with with white wine. Wait, what? Really? And combines it with the white wine, fruit, and grape profile of the Hallerto Blanc hops for a nice and juicy brew, dry hopped, and extra burst for flavor and aroma. Wow. Really. Yeah, that's that's a loaded. lot for a lager. Yeah, it's loaded, and they, I, I get it because there's so much flavor in this lager. There's a lot of flavor. Yeah, way Lagers, way more. Obviously, we talk about it all the time. Every episode, we talk about beer, obviously, and it seems like every time we drink lager, eh, it's not really my style. But this is really good lager. Yeah, I'm every time lagers are starting to become our style. Yeah, <laughs> because they're tasting better and better. And I love how Couldn't light lagers are. Yeah, <laughs> like I think we got to change that as part of the script. I know. Well, it's like IPAs. You know, <laughs> they get so heavy, right? They do. Like honestly, days that two episodes, and I'm being real honest here, episodes that we go hard on an IPA. That's the last thing I want to drink on a weekend. I'm like. Yeah. Ah, then you become a, then you become a wine or a whiskey like, guy yeah, like me. I'm gonna drink some wine tonight yeah. or a maybe, wine guy. Like if I like it, it has to be a beer, maybe I'll just go with like a no, Bud Light I, or I some agree. shandy. Yeah, or something. I, th- like, I think the lighter the beers, for me lately, the light beers have just been. Yeah, my which style. is weird because when we started this thing, it was like IPAs are our thing. Dark, heavy, dark. Yeah, yeah. I mean, when was the last time we've done a dark beer? Yeah, <laughs> I think we've done a dark. Stay beer. away. <laughs> we went through all winter doing like. IPAs. <laughs> Hefeweizens. Yep. Yeah. That's, that's where we stretch ourselves to are the Hefeweizens. <laughs> this is a big stretch for us. No, but the lager, man. What do you guys think so far? I mean, now that we're like six beers in since our deflight hops segment Whoa. was so long, but I'm okay with it. I love it. No, I, I, I think it's great. It's nice and crisp. It, it's we'll like talk the, about it. It's like the richest color lager you're, you're going to find. I'm surprised how yeah. much flavor is in this thing. I really am. John, what do you think? It's good. I can see where the wine comes from. It's like on the dry, drier end. Yeah. Well, yeah, that's where wine comes from. Yeah. Right? yeah. I learned that the other day. Yeah. White, <laughs> white, white grapes. White grapes. Smells kind of dry, like a lager. Like yeah. A wine lager, yeah. All right, so now that we've done our beer introduction. We got one other beer intro. Yeah, I oh, can smell yeah. the wine. Yeah. The right. wine kind of sewer. Yeah. Uh, Carrie's, uh, Carrie had actually earlier at the hops. She must have been here. Did she leave work early to get here for happy hour? What? Why didn't she tell me? Um, I don't know, but she had a max power at the Ooh. hops tonight. Oh, really? So we're just going to wait on that grade until, you know. Yeah, I'm interested in what she thought about that. Hopefully we don't mm. skip that That's segment. like, what, 10%? I think, what? That was, I think the max logger is 10, or the max power, I mean, sorry, yeah, is like it's, a 10%. It's over, it's over yeah. 10. It is up there. It's over. Yeah, it's over. 10.2. Hopefully she, she drove home? Yeah, hopefully she didn't get home <laughs> or get here too early, right? She, yeah, she hopefully one she did get of one. Gracious. She had a tenth of a tenth. So hopefully it was in a flight glass. Yeah, for, yeah. Real, for real. Confirmed. Can't have that. Uh, All drive. five. All right. So glasses. now I want to ask you guys, what would you do in my situation here? Do you do we hit another bumper? No. Pretend that we didn't, or do you no, just no, kind of no. jump right into Let's the jump back the, into the back the Pistons. Into the Pistons. Right. Let's just introduce the Pistons. All right. Real quick. I'm gonna I'm gonna end up with where, where they ended up. They ended up with 23 wins and 59 losses. Vegas had him at 25 and a half over under. And that's kind of where we were at was we were all confident they were going to go over that. Obviously, they didn't. 
I think we know why. But I think overall, it was a successful season again. And it's weird because it looked terrible at times. Absolutely terrible. But then the way that they kind of finished, you had the excitement of players that we really don't... Like, I mean, Cade was out quite a bit. But we were seeing contribution from players that we need to learn more about yeah. heading into this draft. And, and that, I mean, it was... This, really weird season. This was a team without an identity going in. So last year there were some proven veterans on the team. There were guys like Mason Plumley. There were there were is Mason Plumley a dominant player in the NBA? No, but he knows who he is. He's not going to do too much or too little. He he does his his job. So this year we had a whole bunch of young guys who are just trying to figure themselves out, learn where they belong on the team. Is Sadiq Bay really a good three point shooter, or is he a one year wonder as a rookie? Uh, I don't know. We'll find out, you know? Mm -hmm. And like, where does Cade fit in this whole thing? Cade is a rookie. Do we expect great things from him? Yeah. But like that hasn't been worked out yet. Um, Especially with a guy like Jeremy Grant on the team, you don't know how that dynamic is going to go with a guy who has all the expectations in the world. And then the guy who thinks he's the best player on the team. So that I, I, that's where we started this season off. And I think um, the season went really close to what we were expecting. Yeah, and, and where they ended up, I think, is the, the key here, is they ended up third-worst record in, in the league, like I already talked about, um, which is really important because they currently have a 52.1% chance of a top-four pick and a 14% chance, which is the, set, the tied for the best odds for, for the first overall pick. And look, this year isn't nearly as important as, as I think last year was to go get a guy like Cade. And I know we had our questions about Cade heading in and wondering if Jalen Green was actually the better pick, blah, blah, blah. Not getting so much into that. But here it's like we already know we have the guy. Now it's like you can fall into the top. And I think the farthest you can fall in, in the NBA is three spots, right? So they can go from three to six if they get the worst draw possible. I, I I, I might be wrong on that, it but I'm could pretty be sure that's seven. What it is. I just heard I just heard today that it might be seven is the worst they could do. So okay. it might be it might be four now. And now I'm looking at this and like Houston that has fifty two percent odds of being in the top four, which means they must have a forty eight percent odd of being in number five. Outside the yeah. Okay. All right. So th- it's possible they changed from last year's draft right. structure as well. Nope, that make that makes sense. We'll We'll dig in more into that when, when we can. Yeah, when like, it's time. When, when it's time to. Yep. But the bottom line is that they set themselves up for another very, very high-end talent that can mix with the team. And I think Troy Weaver um, is the GM, right? I get the coach and the GM names confused, but I think Troy Weaver is the Weaver's GM. GM, yeah. Like his vision for this team, we're starting to see it. And I feel like he is probably salivating at what he could potentially add to this team. Not even getting into the potential trade of Jeremy Grant, I mean, two top 10 picks possibly in this draft. Like, man, the way that he's built this team with with good role guys. Sadiq Bey, I think, is an elite shooter. I think we, we're going to get into that here soon. Yeah. But, like, you add, let's just say one top five pick. That is huge for this team. Because you already added the first overall pick, who has completely panned out. I'm sorry, but he is the rookie of the year, in my opinion. He's a stud. He's the – and it's not just the the play on the court. It is the leadership. It is the way he's kind of embraced Detroit that I think that I've completely fallen in love with, and I'm just head over heels over this guy. Um, but the fact is that they set themselves up in by tactfully tanking, tanking if you will, to set themselves up for, for where they are is great. And, and I'm so excited to, to see what they can do because, like we kind of talked about early on with the, the new NBA, 
This is the new NBA, and it's going to be building through the draft before they get have a choice to leave and, and kind of becoming the, we go on the quarterback on a rookie deal and have the really good team around them. Like, you got to have that in the NBA too. And, and especially for a team like the Pistons in a city like Detroit where you're not going to get the very, very high-end multiple free agents, trades, all that good stuff that people want to come here. Well, make them stay here and build something that then all of a sudden people are looking at like, I want to be part of that. Yeah, you know where you nobody know? wanted to be? Uh, Golden State before they were good. That's a really good so, point. So the, yeah. the best way to get people to want to play with you is to be like the Bucks right now where Milwaukee is a destination at this point. They can go get veteran players because they have a chance at a championship. And And I think Weaver understands that coming from OKC as well. Like OKC as a as a, a a city, it's not it's not sexy, right? Yeah, the one professional sports team. That's it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's it. So before we get in too far, um, I, I think there's some quotes that we should probably go through. Yeah. Here. So so kind of what, what we were saying heading into the season, and I don't know. I I kind of just put the quotes on here, but. I didn't really have a structure in mind when, when we were going to do it. But one thing that Ryan, Ryan said heading is heading into the season during our season preview was really exciting depth mixed with zero top-end proven talent. And, 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 and the way that you said proven talent was to kind of push Cade outside of what we knew heading into the year. And yeah. we'll see. But that, I think, is, is basically spot on of what we saw is they gel well. They they. They're all good role players, but where's the high-end talent that's going to say, get on my back? Yep. Well, it was the a role. A, the role. A what is their role? It was yeah. a rookie. And obviously with Jeremy Grant out, he couldn't be that. Um, but I almost – I don't need to get into that. But it was exactly what, what, what that quote pointed out to be. It was like, yeah, you're building, but you're just not there. You're not talented enough. Yep. And I'm sorry about it, but yep. it's just the way it works. Yeah, and maybe because if you're starting, how you win an if NBA. you're starting to get better, then you get better together. So yeah, that was yep. not that was uh, exactly what we ex- expected to see. There's a lot of depth. We saw some of that depth. We saw the guys that weren't going to work out anymore, and we moved on from them, yep. which was great to see. Another, another thing you said was that it wouldn't be surprised. It wouldn't surprise me if they were the second or third worst team in the league. Here they are sitting third worst in the league. Now, one thing that 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 whole conversation was about was the the middle getting closer. I think. Where, yeah, you're gonna have 23 wins compared to 20 last year. Where you were the, I think, second worst team in the league last year. But yep, it felt like that that gap is getting smaller in the, in that area. And the bad is better than what it was this time last year. And and again, when it comes to the having depth but having no proven guys, that means that they also don't know how to win yet. So mm-hmm. as much exciting talent as you might have and competitive you are that's part of the learning curve of like learning what it takes to win in the nba Mm -hmm. and because the middle is so packed in the nba right now that just means that you're going to lose those games more often than not right now because the end the the guys that are getting pushed out of the league like the you know the the old guys are leaving new guys are are coming up those guys aren't gone yet so they're still impacting the nba they're still winning games on a regular basis makes it hard for these young teams to to do something until they're really ready. And the Pistons, we, we saw it. They're just not ready to win right yep. now this and, year. And you compared them to, to the Grizzlies. You said just get another step closer to becoming the next Grizzlies. And and kind of tying back to, to the conversation about how it's not necessarily about being a, a place for free agents to go or players want to go play for this team. That's what the Pistons are going to be. 
and they have to adopt that. They have to build through the draft. It feels like they got a step closer because they have their it guy that can do it. And, he, and the, the, the fact that he's not a selfish basketball player I think is a, is a really important aspect of what Cade Cunningham is. is. Yeah, he's the best player on the court, for, for our team at least. Obviously, there's a lot of good talent across the league, but he's the best player on our team. A lot of the times, the best player overall on, on the court, but he's not the the selfish player that players like, eh, do I really want to ride my coattail on him or will I be a piece with him? And I think he that's one thing that he does really well is he's a team guy. He's a city guy. He's a, this is what we are doing. This isn't what I am doing, which is very rare in the NBA, and it's great to see. Um, but Grizzlies were 56 and 26 overall. How close – like, I'm, I'm not asking Ryan to say how close are they to being the next Grizzlies, but what kind of step did they take to becoming something like that? Well, well, they got their ball handler. They got the decision maker on their team. They got their Ja Morant. Is he exactly like Ja Morant? No, he's not, but but he's – Skilled, Cade Cunningham is skilled in a he might lot. Might be a better s- overall basketball player. Well, he's so Morant, right? in so many different ways, he affects the game that John Morant doesn't. John Morant is maybe the best player in the NBA when it comes to attacking the basket. Like I, I don't know many players. I, I can't even think of one that is better attacking. He is an amazing skill. But Cade Cunningham displayed his ability in the month of. March, I believe, when he averaged like 22 points, seven rebounds, six assists. He was on, him and Michael Jordan and maybe Oscar Robertson were like the three players ever as a rookie before you're 21 years old to have a month like that. I mean, he just put himself in rare company. And and so, yes, they got their ball handler. They got their unique talent, unique size for the position, uh, play defense, offense, unselfish, shoot, score. He does all that. Yeah. So now, now we have a chance going through the draft, and we'll get there eventually. But and that was as a, a young, young player in this league. Young, young players don't come in and do what Cade did and and take the responsibility of making decisions down the stretch. We saw him thrive in that role. We also saw a lot of turnovers in that role. What do players improve on over time? Protecting the basketball. That is like one of the main things. The differences between veteran players and young players is their understanding and their their critical ability to protect the basketball at all costs. It, yep. ma- it means that much. Yep. And so that's only going to get better with time. I'm not worried about it at all. It was a great learning opportunity. But that's that's where they made their difference. They they d- identified this guy as their, as their guy, and now they, they have, okay, let's go check the next box. Let's go get the, the Jaron Jackson Jr. of this team. Let's go get some scores on this team like the Grizzlies have, you know, off the bench. Yep. Let's go get some reliable NBA type of talent, high-end talent, to fill the rest of the roster because we got our top one or maybe two guys. Yep, so we set some goals. And my, my personal goal, John, hop, hop in if you have anything that you want to add um, or if there's comments or something that you want to jump through here. Um, feel free. I just don't want to shut you off completely That when we're just rattling stuff off. but There's a hashtag floating around on the social networks, uh, hashtag old men like lager. Old so, men like lager, yeah. really? So I guess we're old men now. Oh, it's gosh, happening. That hurts. Talk, talking sports and drinking lagers. Oh man, it's happening. We're there. Yeah, it sounds like something Eric would try to start. <laughs> <laughs> he was a big lager guy. Love um, that guy. But we did set some goals heading into the year. Well, mine, mine was be competitive, continue to develop, and turn Grant into a trade piece. So let's start on being competitive. I think they were competitive. They were some really, really ugly stretches, though. They became competitive 
at the very end of December, beginning of January. Yeah, and it was night in, night out. They were competitive. They were beating some very, very good teams. And that's the key. It's not necessarily being competitive against the, 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 the eight seed and stuff. No, they were beating the three seed that wanted to become the two seed and were trying their best to win this game and Pistons were there. It just matched up well. You're finding that that um, thing that works for you. Um, I said continue to develop. I think it, it took some time with the develop stage um, with injuries and, and other stuff, but the way that these guys are starting to find the role, Cade absolutely took over this team. It is his team. Jeremy Grant wasn't traded yet, but it sounds like it's still a possibility. And I think that's the key is, yeah, you didn't tr- turn him into a trade piece. He was, hey, he was injured and all that stuff. I get it. Am I frustrated? Was I frustrated? Yeah. But if you can find a way to still do it, then you didn't miss your opportunity. And he still became, you turn that value into the trade or the value of signing him will be what you get in return. Yeah. And I'm not saying a player anymore. I'm saying draft picks and and find a way. Like the Portland conversation going on. Are we going to get another top ten pick because of that? When everything's all said and done. Well, that's the key. And I think this season tells us we have guys that can replace a Jeremy Grant. He kind of led the way and is like, all right, here we go. Now it's your team. He seems to be stepping away, and almost it seems like going to be like a mutual breakup in in a lot of ways. It, it definitely could end up being that way. But what, what we really saw is this is more Cade Cunningham's team than Jeremy Grant's team. And it, it was important for us to learn that because one, it finally clicked for us fans and it looked like it clicked on the floor. That's when the Pistons became it, more It happened authentically. It wasn't like the organization said, no, no, I'm going to take the ball out of your hands and you're now the guy. Yep. Like he, he earned that role on the team. And Jeremy Grant had enough injuries and time off the court where that just happened, like I said, organically. It, it, didn't, it wasn't forced at all. And, and I don't think Jeremy Grant dislikes the Pistons at all. It's just oh, now, yeah, now it's like... We saw what the Pistons could be without Jeremy Grant. We kind of like it, and we see how replaceable he might be. Yeah. Um, and, and maybe Jeremy Grant's exactly the guy we we need, but maybe with a, a different flair. Yeah, you know what th- that reminds me of? No, Dylan Larkin might be better off not on the team. <laughs> oh no! Here we'll get let's into that. Let's we'll get into that some other day. Let's stick to the Pistons. Um, another thing that I said was. Um, where is it? Oh, sorry. I would take a, another top five pick over the seventh seed and getting swept. And I think that's what we're looking at here is they were, I don't want to say close because it wasn't close, but where they set themselves up for tact, tactfully tanking, I love it. I'm so excited about where this organization Yeah, they did going. a good job. Um, Ryan, one thing you said was Diallo, Fred, Frank Jackson, Josh Jackson, Livers. You want to know if they are building blocks for this team. What'd you learn from them? Yeah, quick. I mean, Diallo, Frank Jackson, and Livers, I think they are absolutely part of this team. Building blocks may be a stretch. Diallo is that freak athlete, attack the basket. I, I think he just works out so many different ways because he was he took over this team when nobody was on the team anymore. They were all out for either injuries or COVID, and Diallo was our last hope. Now, the injury happened. Um, we'll see about him. Frank Jackson, again, another another injury riddled season, but you know he has the scoring ability, the the scoring punch that, and, and you know really even the defensive tenacity that you want out of a guy coming off the bench. He has a role on the off the bench. And then Isaiah Livers didn't see any court time at all until really late in the season. But 
Super light. What I saw from him was extremely impressive. I think he matches up so well defensively on multiple positions. That positionalist basketball, he fits right into that mold. And not only that, but he can shoot three-pointers. I think he is going to be a very, very nice role player. I, he, he has the tangibles to do so. He showed that on the college level, and he can bring that to the NBA and be one of those. He, he's not going to be your everyday guy. He's going to come off the bench at, as he should, and he's going to provide he's going to provide those key plays and he's going to fill a key role on this team. Well, and, and there's a there's a difference with college players that just dominate the game because they are freak athletes, and but they're not the decision maker on their college team, what makes them great. And those guys end, end up going, and they have all this ability that everybody talks about. Isaiah Livers was the other end of this, which was high IQ, run their team, is the, is the, the heartbeat of the team, the decision maker for the team, and it has a ton of skill, but is never going to have the, the highest end talent to dominate the NBA. But those right. are the guys that you fill your roster with. And so we, we can see it. it. It's real that Isaiah Livers belongs on the court. Um, I, I, I thought the Pistons were better with him out there. Some breakout players that we, we kind of talked about heading into the year. I said, Cade, he, he needs to – we need 100% know if he was the right choice. 100%. 100% I don't think there's we, any We 100% doubt. know. I, I don't think he'll win Rookie of the Year, but he should. Yeah. Um, Ryan, you said you expect Cade to have Lonzo Ball uh, rookie numbers. He won Rookie of the Year his year, right? Um, which was 15 points, six rebounds, six assists. Cade finished with 17.4 points per game, hmm. five and a half rebounds, huh. and five and a half, five point six assists. Oh, just right round, round those numbers up. Just Come on. Not that <laughs> bad. The Germans would say not, not so bad. I, I, I think, yeah. Those are appealing. The reason why he's not going to win is because the Pistons lost. Yeah. As much as they did. Well, this rookie class was really, really underrated uh, with, with even going out of like Franz Wagner. Franz Wagner could have won in a rookie of the year in a, a couple other seasons, and he's like maybe six in this year's draft. So very deep, really good seasons. Scotty Barnes um, and Evan Mobley, they're the real deal. I'm not, I don't want to take anything yeah. away from them. Yep. Kate Cunningham, I just think – I think he had more responsibility on his team, more on his shoulders. And when he was out there and healthy and everything else, I thought he impacted the game more. One player that you, you brought up as your breakout player, and, and I'm, I want to more ask you because I have my opinion, and this is a major outside perspective. Your breakout player was Isaiah Stewart. From an outside perspective that doesn't watch day in and day out and just kind of listens more than anything to, to what he's told – it's, I didn't hear much about Isaiah Stewart. Outside of the brawl early on in the year that they, that they had with LeBron, Like he seemed like he had a quiet season. Now, what he does is going to be quiet. What he brings to this team is going to be a quiet presence, and it's not going to be big numbers in the guy he's being talked about. What did you think about his season overall? Were you, were you happy with it? Were you a little let down? I was extremely let down because of the what I saw that I, I expected to break out. So what I saw from his rookie years, his shooting ability, and I thought he'd be a, an offensive weapon come year two. I thought he would build on that, that freshman year and like take off in a way uh, because he did score in college, but we, you just didn't see the production. You didn't see the build in confidence or the, the role in his offense to, you know, increase in that. I don't know where that, 
that your music phone? is coming from? No, it's not mine. I think it's your phone. It's not my phone. What was that? There's is that your phone? No. All right. Anyway, was oh, it John? John, are you watching over there? <laughs> Just a little highlight video. <laughs> I, I had no idea because the, the screen's reloading. I was trying to go back to the box score. Uh, a, highlight of, a highlight of sports or something else? Oh, He's like, move on, like, guys. Jazz. Something like basketball porn. All right. Isaiah, Isaiah Stewart. <laughs> yeah. He, again, at the end of this season as well, he started shooting the ball. He started doing more on offense, being included more. I think he has a role in this team. He's not a building block as far as like being uh, – a difference maker where he's going to take the NBA by storm. And now we're going to talk about all-stars. I don't think he'll ever be an all-star. I think I'm past that already. Um, but I, he's important to the team because of what he brings mentality wise. He's tough. He doesn't complain about fouls. Uh, he's not afraid to mix it up with LeBron. I thought that was like set the tone early mm-hmm. on. Um, so there's good. There's a lot of good, absolute necessary building block. Yep. Mm, no, I'm not going to go that far. All right. So uh, the next part was going to be kind of what we learned about, certain players, this team in general. I think we kind of already sealed the deal with Cade. We just talked about Stewart. Um, one person that we haven't talked a ton about was Sadiq Bey. Uh, he struggled early on in the season, but responded really well. He scored 51 points in the game. People don't do that by accident. That's, That's very impressive. Yeah, it was against Orlando. Yeah, it was a lot of our players were out. Somebody has to score. But he has that. You can see he that he has some kind of it factor. Now, it's not superstar mentality. It's not a superstar player by any means. But man, is he good! And, and it, he looks like one of the best players on the floor at times. He is not afraid. He's not. And and I, I love and, that. And, about and him. honestly, sitting and watching that All Star Young, what do they call it, Rising Stars game? Yeah, he Rising was the Stars. second best player in that. Behind Cade. Yeah, Cade. Like that was. I agree. Eye opening to me. And look, I, I know Jalen Green has his thing, and I. I really like what Sadiq Bey brings. And the fact that he's a great three-point shooter, that's something that this team desperately needs. I think oh, yeah. they were like, what, 28th in, in the league in, in three-point in three shooting. It doesn't work in that league. That's exactly why you only had 23 wins. Once that improves and you find another guy that, that can do it the way that he does, it's going to get deadly. Now, I'm not saying that they're the next Splash Brothers or anything like that. No, that's no. overrated. But you have to have three-point shooting, and that is – he is a massive piece in this in this team. Where would you put him if you were ranking in tiers? One, two, three, four, one being the best. For, right, right now, and where could he be? For the Pistons in general? Sadiq Bey, yes. In, like, overall. I mean, for the team right now, he's in tier one. He's no, one no, of the no. best players. Okay, not for the team. Now, Look, overall. What is his ceiling? Overall. Over, across the league? Across the league. Yeah, I think I th- that, that's a pretty good question because I think – Tier two is is a, a safe bet in my mind. I think he has right. a lot of value based on the analytics side of things with Correct. the three-point shooting, the defensive impact, his ability to guard big body guys plus be able to move his feet on defense and, and guard point guards sometimes. And I that's that's so valuable in today's NBA. And he's not uh, one of these like high-flyer athletes, but he is such a solid – NBA player because he doesn't care about his own stats. Like he can go f- score 51 and then two games later, he's one of six shooting for eight points. And somebody might think that's a bad thing. In my mind, I'm just saying this dude didn't have to, like he th- saw more value in supporting his teammates this game. Yeah. He didn't feel it. He was off, whatever. He moved on. He wasn't concerned about his, his numbers. Yep. He's not in it for the next contract. He's in it to win games. 
He's in it with his team. The coaches love him. They just Great praise him. Fit for what this team is. He's a fit. He's Could, a perfect three to fourth best player on this team. Could he ever be a tier one guy? I don't. I don't think it's in his mentality. I don't think he. I think he's fearless, but he it doesn't need it like other guys need it. Okay. All right. I think you have to need it to become a tier one guy. Like Russell Westbrook, we've talked about. At one point, he was a tier one guy only because that was his goal. He had to have the he ball. He had to have it. He wanted those triple doubles. He wanted to just have these insane numbers that just don't fit in winning basketball. Well, Sadiq Bay seems to fit like. In, in, again, I'm going to compare him to a Splash Brother. The the not not Steph Curry, but the other one, Clay Thompson. Clay Thompson. Yeah, is who he reminds he knows me of. His role. He knows his role. And, and honestly, Sadiq Bay might have a little more of the the bite to his game of takeover, and that, and that, that might be the me not Clay Thompson. That might yeah, go watch some highlights. Yeah, Clay Thompson has that. <laughs> yeah, okay, yeah, and that's probably where I, I'm me not being a basketball guy. But like my perspective is like, all right, you got Steph Curry, and you're never gonna overstep Steph Curry, but maybe he does. I don't. I don't know. <laughs> but well, I, I and again, I think the selfish, selfish, selfless, selflessness. Selfishness. Selflessness is a good selfishness. word. Yeah. I like uh, that. I, that. That's the most important thing because guys that have egos can be problems, especially if they're not the number one choice. And he has no problem just being silent on offense when he's not needed. But he's always out there busting his butt, playing defense, and, and getting everybody else involved. The one thing I didn't know he had was the ability to create his own shot. And I saw that this year. So. Good on him. I, I'm really excited where Sadiq Bay is right now. The other player that we haven't talked about at all yet is Killian Hayes. He was the, the first-round pick two years ago now, I think. Or it'll almost be yeah, three years ago now. Yeah, longest tenured uh, piston. <laughs> piston. Um, it looked very bad early on. Awful. Ter- like, historically bad. It looked, <laughs> yeah, oh, it looked like on, it was going guys. to. No, no, historically bad by the numbers <laughs> for two yeah, straight seasons. Not good. Yeah. Not good. But worse, something changed. Worse than Lonzo Ball. Something clicked and something changed, and he found his role, which I think is going to be the key with with his team is finding a role and making it work. Now I don't have numbers that can tell that can get all people all all excited about Killian Hayes or anything like that, but something changed, and he became a good. Good might be even an overstatement, but he, one of the most improved players in the NBA this year, from day. 30 to where we are at now at day 280 or whatever it is. You know what I mean? Like that is a massive difference from what we were seeing early on to what we saw at the end of the season. What were your thoughts real quick about Killian Hayes? Yeah. I mean, I just think a six, five point guard who has that kind of passing ability plays that kind of defense and is coming off the bench. That's, that's the key. It, his, that was when really his season turned around when he went to the bench the pressure was not on him to perform anymore. He didn't have to go out there and like get hot. He came off the bench. The game has already started. He was he, you know, some of those guys just need to be in the game, like in the rhythm. Even though they're sitting on the bench, they get in and now they're like part of the game. They're, yeah, the whole game doesn't start and end with them. So I think K, uh, sorry, Killian really needed that, and he he needed the the pressure to take off a little bit. Uh, K just thrives in that, so he just wanted to own it. Yeah. K, that's not Killian's personality. So I I compared Killian earlier uh, or maybe even at the end of last year to Derek Fisher. Okay. A guy who doesn't who has a lot of impact to the game but may you look at him and be like why is he beating us? You know, that that kind right. of a guy. I saw Killian Hayes make a big difference, a big impact off the bench and I'm I'm excited about having him on the team moving forward. I think he's 
the upside with him is much higher than so many other players even realize. Nice. So I didn't want to set a couple offseason goals. And you, you tell me if I'm wrong and, 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 and whatnot. But um, I just think it's it's time. My, my biggest goal is to make this Portland Trail Blazers trade happen. Get younger. Blazers. Get talented. Get rid of Jeremy Grant and give Cade the keys 100%. That's where I'm at. And, and look, I've been saying it for almost two years now with Jeremy Grant. He's not... He, he served his role, but he's not going to be a piece when this team's ready to win, and I think it's time to swallow that and, and just make it happen. Now, how do you do it? I, I don't know. I just think it's a huge opportunity to trade him while, while somebody still wants him. And, yeah, you could do it at the deadline, blah, blah, blah. But do we really want to go the first three quarters of the year still wondering if this Cade – Jeremy Grant thing is going to work. No, let's just move on and get the next talent. Let's get two top 10 picks and really push this thing in the right direction. Young, hard. It's going to be ugly. It's going to be great. It's going to have all those things. It's going to be similar to what we saw this year, but it's going to be closer to what we're going to see when this team's ready to win. And that's where I, I, I that's my vision is make something happen, get younger, get talent, and, and really make this skyrocket this thing. Jeremy Grant off the floor impacted, uh, I would say, Sadiq Bey probably the most. And not not even Kate Cunningham because when the ball is moving and it's not just on one guy to ISO and, and play, when the ball is moving, that's when Sadiq Bey is at his best. Mm-hmm. And so I, I agree. I think you see – I see success both ways at this point. I think these young guys will continue to grow up. And if we hold on to Jeremy Grant, fine. I think he actually can make a difference on this team. If we move on from him, great. We get more picks and somebody else will make a difference for the team. So, yeah, I agree. That is absolutely off-season goal. For, in your mind, trading Grant, I'm fine with it. All right, so another thing that I want to do, and, and we kind of talked about the negatives of, of spending money and bringing in the high-end free agent. I think it's time to spend money. I do. But I'm, I'm, I don't know the, the league enough to know on who it is. So my first question to you, Ryan, do you re-sign Marvin Bagley and, make, and kind of continue that experiment? Oh, 100%. Yeah, he was, he was important in the league. John, did you, do you agree with Marvin Bagley? Do you, did you like what you saw with him? Yeah, I'm, I'm looking at a list right now of uh, free agents for next season in the NBA. And, uh, yeah, I mean, Marvin Bagley is, like, the third youngest guy on the list. So I think it's a wise investment to, to put some money into a guy that's young and has still some upside potential. So, so would that be your big free agent signing, or can you go even bigger for, for the right piece, like the right player? Is, is there somebody that you that's on your list, you have the list in front of you there, that you're like, yeah, that, that might work with what we're doing? Or is this another save the cap space and wait and see how, how everything pans out? Because I, I, I could go either way here. I, I just i am more asking you guys. Yeah, I think NBA contracts are at like an all-time high right now, so you got to be careful not to overspend for the wrong guy. But there's some good names out there. I don't know. He's low on the list for whatever reason. Um... Miles Bridges. Miles is Bridges. That's a name that I keep hearing. Miles Bridges. Yeah. There, I mean, there's man. There's a lot of guys that are in that 23, 24 year old. I mean, if if we didn't know what Spartan we were Spartan talk. Yeah. If we, start the start the timer. There we go. Yeah. If we didn't know what we were <laughs> doing at, at point guard, I mean, Colin Sexton is out there too. Yeah. Score score um, first guy. Yeah. I think he would be a a good fit on this team if it doesn't cut into Cade's 
Yeah, and, that, and that's what this team needs is scoring, yeah. right? They need true scorers in this league. Yeah, I'm, I'm actually real surprised to see Miles Bridges so far down, but I, they do have him ranked at – uh, you know what their salary is, is right that, now. Yeah, that's moment. based on their current salary. Yeah, so he's on his rookie contract still. So there's a lot of guys out there that are getting paid upwards of you know twenty thousand or twenty million a year. Um, you know, you got guys like Kyrie Irving, Bradley Beal, but I, I just only want to take on those kind of contracts at that age. And yeah. what, what we have is no. like a nucleus. So. We don't need to take the ball out of Cade's hands. hands. Let him continue to develop. Yeah, I I think Miles um, Bridges is the only one that probably intrigues me more. I don't I don't want. I mean, DeAndre Ayton is another name that people have been talking about. He wants a max contract. I'm not going to pay that guy a max contract. Don't give that's anybody not, a max. That's not the NBA right. right now. The reason the Suns are good is because he's their versatile center that can guard, you know, shooting guards or whatever. But what makes them great are their guards. You'd rather pay a guy like Bagley less and get the same amount of production absolutely well and Bagley is just an interesting example because I I don't even know how the Kings mishandled him as badly as they did because of the Kings because they're the Kings that's the only answer it's like the only other team that could make it worse might be the Knicks or something (laughs) like or or Pistons I guess people would probably come back and say that but I I don't I mean Marvin Bagley checks so many boxes for us and he came into this team as now just like one of the guys not expecting second overall type of production. Yep. And he has clear chemistry with Cade Cunningham. Cade just his lob threat ability changed Cade's game. That's where his February and March numbers just were extremely escalated because of Bagley's ability, really, the threat of him there. Um, so then the, the, you look at the cap space that they have. I mean, I, I think I overheard today and I, I just heard a glimpse of it was, I think the Pistons will have the highest cap highest. space heading into the season. Number potential, one. Potential. Most they likely. They have to work some stuff. So like their, their projected practical cap space is 27 ish million dollars, but their maximum possible cap space is up to $61 million. That's what? One and a half star players, if you will. Is, that, is one, that what I'm reading here? One Russell Westbrook, yeah. Oh, sorry. Is that a, yeah, sorry. Thank you. Yeah, one, um, one, one Westbrook. Yeah, so yeah. this is our chance to go get Russell Westbrook. Yes, we can get spend him. A, give him a little raise that he deserves and the, <laughs> his shot that he deserves. Put him to 52, <laughs> so we're in the, we're <laughs> right. in the bank. Probably, exactly. You could probably get uh, Blake Griffin back, too, on a deal. Oh, sounds like a great idea. <laughs> Let's do it. Do we have to trade for him? Let's trade Cade for him. I mean, when he wasn't playing and we were paying him $31 million a year, I think what he's making like trade four. Can we get Van Gundy back? Jeez, yeah. yeah, I think these are all great ideas. Yeah, maybe Blake Griffin could start. There's just so many good ideas being yeah. said. Right let's, just, <laughs> let's just keep it going. <laughs> no, all right. So, so what I want to talk about, and, and this is, I'm going to ask John and Ryan to tell us this time next year, what do you expect we're saying about this Pistons team? Ryan, I'd, I'd like you to go first. Following the season, people are going to expect them to, to compete for the playoffs next year. I am going to say that we are one year away from competing for the playoffs. I think our trade, uh, not trade, I'm sorry, our um, our draft is, is extremely important for the long-term success of this team. So we're going to be counting on another rookie to come in and make a big difference. Rookies do not make big differences unless, you know, like you even saw with Evan Mobley this year when Jared um, – Jared Allen went out for injury. His numbers and production plummeted because he was now the the shiny new toy, but he wasn't didn't need to be the the, the block the the anchor of that defense. 
when he lost the anchor, now now it kind of went south. So I don't think we are going to rely on a rookie year one to combine with our all of our second and third year players, young players, to now just start taking the NBA by storm. I think we're a year away from from that. So I would say next year, this time, maybe uh, seventh, sixth or seventh worst record in the NBA, and probably gearing up for everybody's excited for the following year to compete for playoff spots and make a splash. All right, John, what, what do you think? If Adam Silver could have his way, the Pistons would be a playoff team next year because he wants to expand the play-in game round in the NBA. He wants there to be more teams with a chance to make the playoffs to yeah. get these guys to play out a full season. They're having a huge issue in the NBA right now where guys are sitting out games, key games at the end of the year for rest. Um, and that's something that they have to address. I know they, they're talking about potentially even shortening the season and adding those two additional teams in the East and West wow. for the play-in. It's, it's to make a combo. It, to make it a little more uh, competitive and to give guys a little more time off because they're taking these rest days that never happened, you know, when basketball was a, a real sport. Well, <laughs> you think about you think uh, about the Pistons and they're they tanking. You you, you're looking at the Thunder, the, the Pistons, the Pacers, they're all tanking right now, or, the, or they were at the end of the year. So nobody's, none of the, the big name guys are playing there, but then also the big teams that aren't going to drop too many spots or whatever, like they're just resting their veterans. So everybody's resting. You're seeing G league guys like crazy out there yeah. at the end of the season. And that, I mean, that's, it's hitting the league at all fronts. You know, it's, it's hurting ticket sales and, you know, nothing worse than spending money on going to see a game and seeing three stars sit on street clothes on the bench. None of them hurt. Um, but that's in a perfect world. So, unfortunately, I don't think they're going to add those two additional teams by next year. I don't know how that works in their, like, collective bargaining agreement in the NBA. I don't yeah. know. I know that they can just make rules up overnight and uh, give uh, LeBron a, a fair run at the NBA Finals most years. So, uh, yeah, in a, in a non-perfect world, which is what we are experiencing and are used to as Detroit fans, I think, they're like Ryan, they're going to just miss the playoffs. I'm optimistic. I want to see them make the playoffs. I always want to see them compete. Um, but if it's best for the organization to, you know, uh, what, what do they call it in Philly? Uh, trust the process and not yeah. make the playoffs yeah. um, one more year. I'm fine with that. But I just want to see Detroit sports like back on the climb. Yeah. And I want to see, you know, Little Caesars Arena host some playoff games, whether it's the NHL or the NBA. Eighth seed Pistons with Cade Cunningham leading them is different than eighth seed in the playoff Pistons with Blake Griffin leading them. Yep, it's, no, di- it's different. That, that's a really good point. I mean, it still might end up as a four game sweep. Yeah, but but it's important though. It is because it's actually it's a step. It's actually important because they they talked about that for for several years. Like, well, it's important for this team to to sneak in the playoffs and know what they're going to do. And it's like, no, we were already at our ceiling as sneaking into the playoffs and getting swept. That was our ceiling. If our True core, 22-year-old, 22, 23-year-old players are getting that experience. That's when I'm going to buy into that. Yeah, getting swept in the first round is better than missing the playoffs and, and getting lucky in, in, the, in the draft. I think back in the day, too, like it was, it was a huge uh, reward just to make it to like the Eastern Conference Finals, you know, let alone – Which we that, did seven straight years. Yeah, right? let alone – People forget yeah. about how good the Pistons were. Right, let alone the NBA Finals yeah. or winning the Finals. Now it's just like if you don't win, it's the Finals or bust. You know, it's a championship or bust. And guys are out there just trying to put up stats so they can get these, you know, yeah. Dwayne Casey's it, losing his job going to the conference finals, right? Right, I mean, yeah. yeah. I mean, and, and that was kind of going to be my, my last little thought is if his team makes, misses the playoffs again, does he survive it? Like, I'm just like, I, I'm trying to wrap my head around the way that you can be okay with 
I mean, this will be that will be three years, right, of of mediocre to poor basketball. How does a coach survive that? I, I don't know. Not, Fra- Frank Vogel just won a championship two years ago, and he had a <laughs> mediocre year, and he got fired. So it's hard to tell like what they're gonna do. Yeah, that's a good point. If it's craft beer in Michigan sports, we may not be the authority, but we love both like a fat kid loves cake. Hot, hot! <laughs> This is State of My Sports. So the last few weeks, we've, we've discussed NFL Draft, which is coming up. I don't know if people know that, but come to our watch party at the Hops Brewing Company and Cafe. For the first first round, we'll be here. We'll have a good time. Hopefully, they get their internet fixed and we have a better live stream than what we do today. What, what was that? Was that Draft Party, said? Draft Party, yeah. Okay. All right, I'll it, it looks like it's cutting out. I don't know if that's just yeah. my phone, but it, it looks like it's cutting out a lot. What are you seeing, John? It's kind of spotty, yeah. yeah. It's recording well on OBS, but on the restream, it's it? choppy. Yeah. We need to do a fundraiser for DeHops to uh, get get Comcast <laughs> Internet. Yeah, like Xfinity. Fiber or whatever it's called. 20, 20 Fiber? megabytes? Anybody? They're, they're the next wood pole down, guys. <laughs> <laughs> All right, no, anyways. On a cable, uh, guys. We've been talking. Well, we're, we're connected. We're hardwired. That's the problem. That's the hard part. We're hardwired right now. Yeah, I'm still yeah. struggling. But hardwired. <laughs> you understand what I'm saying, Ryan? I got it. We are hardwired. What do we do next? We are going to. So we've been talking about some different positions heading into the draft. This week we're going to talk about linebackers and running backs. Starting with our linebackers, and, and we're going to do a little different. So what we did was we found Pro Football Network's Oliver Hodkinson's top five linebackers in the NFL draft. I was about to say NBA. How often do I do that? Mistake. Yeah. Usually it's. Maybe we just talked about the NBA Oof. too much. Yeah. Yeah. Too much. I agree. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, so like, I, honestly, I don't know how we want this conversation to go. Um, but basically we want to take his top five and kind of discuss it of what we would see as what we would say differently. What would be where our breaking point is, I guess. Um, so Ryan, what do you think? Do you want, you want to start from just five and kind of name them all and just, dive into them after that after we know the top five yeah i think so let's just get into the pro football network rankings here all right so his top five is channing tyndall from georgia uh he then he has at number four christian harris from alabama uh chad muma from wyoming and then the number two he's got nicobe dean from georgia and devin lloyd from utah so what i want to start with is let's start with the top the, the 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 first three if you will the Channing Tindall, Christian Harris, Chad Muma. So because, the bottom three, five, four, three. Yeah, because in my in my opinion, and, and I was watching a lot of film on these guys, so this is I don't I don't dig into it a lot. Like the the combine numbers are the the kind of the last of my worries because you could tell me a guy ran a five point two and I'd be like, is that good? No like the, the, like he's six three as a linebacker. All right, is that big? He's two thirty. I I don't know any of those. those oh things. really? Okay. So for me, it's I I watched the film last night of of all five of these guys and kind of came up with my own opinion. A couple other guys as well, um, of linebackers and I wanted to kind of discuss that. So for me, the the first thing is is I saw a massive massive drop off when it came from one and two Devin Lloyd and Kobe Dean to kind of everybody else in this draft. And I, I think we're kind of seeing that a little bit, but you're also seeing Christian Harris and Chad Muma kind of being mocked to that early second round, mid second round type type stuff. So when it comes to Channing Tindall, 
can I give you my thoughts on him? Yeah, go ahead. Being the number five linebacker in the draft. Number five linebacker in the draft. I get the excitement. I get why he would be in the top five. But what I in again, this is just my perspective. Being kind of dumb at the football. I I love football, but I don't really know the X's and O's. Like it, <laughs> dumb it, at the football. It, it, it's tough for me. But what I saw from him is a very good pass rusher, agile. Not really the the game breaking linebacker. He reminded me a lot. Here I am as a Lions fan. Say to my sports, obviously. He reminded me a lot of Jared Davis. And what the upside of Jared Davis was was finding a way to make him become a pass rusher because that's when he's really good. He reads it well and he's very good straight line when he when he has nowhere else to go and nobody really to worry about. Yeah. And am I, am I right? Well. You're like half right and half completely wrong. But okay. yeah, go ahead. Well, tell me where I'm wrong then. Well, it, the the comparison to Jared Davis is just Jared Davis is a big body. It, he's it, he's a two gap linebacker. Kind of like I was saying is like the body size and stuff like that is the furthest thing of my worries. Yeah, I guess I was just more looking at the tape, but that I, that's but, something that but I need to know. But you're 100 percent right about the straight line uh, athlete. I think Channing Tindall. You're betting on the the measurables. That's 42 inch vertical, four four seven forty yard dash. I mean, he has insane explosive, 129 inch broad jump. So the measurables from combine perspective are off the charts. But what I see on film is a, is a straight line guy who who has extreme burst, but doesn't have that ability to kind of move side to side and go around people. Okay. Which, which is very similar to Jared Davis. So I see the comparison. All the right. difference is he's not going to go fill a gap, uh, engage a linebacker, use long arms to like brush off one way or the other, and and he's take, he's the take type the of guy, guy that you want to find a way to release him he, from other assignments. He's the athlete in space that you say go get him, and like everybody else does their job, so now he can go do his job. All right, I, he was actually he kind of fell in line as my personal number four, and the reason why he was number four was because I watched Chad Muma, I didn't see it. I, and, and I think this is the exact opposite of you, Ryan, because I think you've kind of been high on him. I watched a lot of highlights of him, and it it blew my mind. I, w- I would almost put him even outside my top five because yeah, I fine. think QA Walker is had it has a little bit of uh, uh, a little and even Damani Clark, Damone Clark, Damani Clark from LSU. I watched their films and I'm like, they seem to be more game breaking type of players. Chad Muma could probably be a very good linebacker. And and this is probably where I, I and I have a hard time because I, I look at I want high end talent and I can't really picture the third round. I can't I can't figure out the third to seventh round guys that are very important to building a football team. But like for me I, I it's high end. I can see when a guy makes a difference. Where I could see that more with a QA Walker in and a Damani Clark. It's like I could see that game breaking type play where Chad Moon was probably just really, really good at his assignments and really good like reading football. You know what I mean? Like yeah. stuff that I Instincts, can't comprehend. Instinct, yeah. yeah. Just the ability to see the field and understand. And that's where what's like for on. me it's like diagnose. I, looking at it, I don't see it. I'm just gonna have to trust that somebody else knows better than me, which I'm <laughs> I'm assuming a lot of the guys in the NFL draft process know a little bit more than me. They're pretty good, and they're, they're also terrible. <laughs> some are. But. Some are terrible. So that, that, just, those are my initial thoughts, kind of starting with Tyndall and, and Chad Mumo. Ryan, you can tell me a little bit about I, what you're what Honestly, you're going through linebackers, Shannon Tyndall, to me, is maybe 9 or 10. 
Really? List. Okay. Yeah, I, I see so much value. And these aren't even guys in my top five, but I, I'm looking at like Brandon Smith out of Penn State, Quay Walker out of Georgia. I put Quay Walker ahead of him easily. Yeah, like, yeah. No I, question. I saw a, a way better player. Personally. I see the instincts of Quay Walker and, and the ability to engage blockers and like fill gaps and and do a job way way more effective than than Tyndall. But um, even like Brian Asamoa and the, and the athletic ability coming out of Oklahoma maybe didn't test like four five six is not slow, but maybe didn't test as well as I thought he would have. Yeah. But on on tape, I see it. And then a guy like Troy Anderson, who could literally be the best linebacker out of this draft coming from I, uh, Montana State. And I, I get it's Montana State. One, I watched that one, and I was like, I didn't see it. But go, but, the, but the measurables are there. So if the you're going yeah. to put measurables on the top five for Channing Tindall, then might as well go all the way to Troy Anderson and say yeah. this guy has even better measurables. All right. So um, I, I agree with you. I'm not, I, I'm not like sold on this guy. To me, again, he's 9 or 10. Do you agree with me that the drop off is outside of the two? I think there's. Or do you see a high end talent I th- with? I think with the with the top two, there's <clears throat> special ability potential, and three through eight, I, I would say, are in this bucket that are just really, really good. I think the linebackers are deep in this draft. Yeah. I really do. I think you're going to get great production and opportunity out of the second and third rounds of this draft. So, so let's talk about the, the his three through five: Muma, Harris. Tyndall, where would you rank those three in order? So let's just say one to three out of those three. Who, who's your favorite out of those three? I mean, I have Muma, Harris, and then Tyndall. You do? Okay. In the same order, just just different orders. Like yeah, Chad, yeah. Chad, Muma, to me, Chad Muma to me is my number four linebacker. Number three is Leo Chanel. Oh, yeah. Okay. Like I, I just see him as... Uh, Wisconsin, right? Wisconsin, yeah. Just like <laughs> he's just always in the right spot. He he can he can do so many things. All right, um, for for me it, w- it went Harris at three, Tyndall at five or four, and then uh, Muma at, at uh, five. Sorry. Okay. Um, so you kept these same guys, just reverse. I, I, I kind of reverse it. And to be honest, I've been really high on um, Muma and Harris, based on just being what I, I'm listening to and, and seeing or hearing, not seeing. I watch and I I just look at these those two guys who who are a lot of people are ranking as the third and fourth best wide linebacker behind Nicobe Dean and Devin Lloyd and I just see the biggest drop off when I watch the film of Devin Lloyd and Nicobe Dean who, who I want to get into now to going to these guys where I'm like yeah if you can get a Nicobe Dean Devin Lloyd if the Lions can find a way to trade up into the first round or if one of these guys fall to their second pick in the first round, like that's where I think you can get those, that talent. Um, but outside of that, like I don't see anybody, I don't see a massive upgrade at linebacker position when it comes down to outside of these two is where, and where I'm at. And that, and that's saying no, a lot when no, I think but I see Ansel, NFL starters. Yeah. But, uh, but, yeah. I, but I get your point. Okay. Yeah, the top two kind of has separated themselves as the tier one. And again, for me, it's like I, I have a really hard time separating myself from being a Lions fan. I look at everything through Lions lenses. That is where I'm at. I'm sorry, but like I will always do that till till, till I'm dead is I'm going to look through at everything through Lions lenses. If I don't think that they're worth taking in the first round, they're almost dead to me. You know what I mean? And it's so unfair, but that's just where I'm at. Escalated. 
quickly. I know, right? <laughs> They're going to take one of these guys in the second round, and I'm going to be so hard about it. Yeah. <laughs> After the draft, people are going to be like, what? You said you, they were dead Yeah, but, but again, like a guy, a guy like Jack Sanborn, you know, out of not an elite prospect by any means, but just productive, out of this world, productive for Wisconsin. Wisconsin. Um, you know, even a guy like that, I think, can be, be productive in the NFL, and he might be a fifth-round guy. Yeah. And then like a Nephi Sewell. Like I think he's got a lot to offer. He's a he's a That's football Penny player, brother. Yeah, he's a football player, absolutely. And and I think, you know, he could be even a, a role player or, or a starter in the NFL. And so I think there's a lot of linebacker quality uh, uh, draft picks out there. So let's get crazy and say one of these guys fall to the Lions at their 32nd overall pick. Well, that's high. That's high for a linebacker. That's that's appropriate for top so, linebackers. Nicobe Dean, Devin Lloyd. Heading into this, I've always had in my head. Nicobe Dean is the best linebacker. I had that. Like I basically made up my mind based on what I've heard and gathered, watching the 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 playoffs and stuff like that. And then I watched the film. I watched the film last night of Devin Lloyd and Nicobe Dean. Yeah, what'd you think? I love Devin Lloyd right now, <laughs> and it's probably flashiness, and I get that. But one thing that I liked about Devin Lloyd and why I have him as my number one is he plays so violent. And I love that in a linebacker because I think that is something the Lions linebackers haven't had since Spielman maybe. Or Tulloch. Was Tulloch? Yeah, Steven Tulloch. Tulloch was, was there. But Devin Lloyd, he plays so violently, so hard. Now, I love that right now. Watching it from perspective where it doesn't matter to me if he hits too hard and gets injured or all of those things. But I love that factor. And I look at that and I'm like, that is what something that is something that i I would love to see on the Detroit Lions because you don't have that. You have a lot of finesse guys that just kind of do their job and kind of fold into place or wherever the play is going. That's where this guy goes out and makes plays and he makes plays very fast, very hard. And I love that about him. And, it, and I'm saying that like, I'm not trying to degrade, uh, degrade Nicobe Dean because I think it's kind of a one, a one B type thing. I think they're both very, very good. Um, but my concern with, let's say Nicobe Dean is, was he a product of the, the, the defense around him? You know, they got, uh, Jordan Davis, they have um, Tavon Walker, they have Lewis Seen, they have a lot of high-end talent on that defense. Was he just another piece that does his job well? Yeah, I mean, what do they have, like eight defensive players that are probably <laughs> getting drafted this year? In the first or second round, yeah, potentially. So, uh, yeah, was it just it's, part of that system? Exactly. Like and, and, and I say that with hesitation because is that really a bad thing? It's not. It's actually a really, really good thing, uh, finding a guy that will just do his job. So I, I don't know, but my concern about the violence of, of a Devin Lloyd is can he survive a league like this? Because we, we've seen that with a lot of the physical linebackers the last couple of years coming out of the draft. They can't do what they did in college because they're they're getting dinged up a little lot quicker than what they have in the past. Well, but. and a guy like N'Kobe Dean, you know, even though he might not be as physical of a linebacker, he still plays with complete recklessness. He abandon. does. He does. Yep. And, and he just has complete disregard of his physical, I don't know, health, right? Like he just throws his body <laughs> around does, like crazy. Yeah. He's yep. a rocket. Yep. He gets shot out. And, and He's a little I, more tactful with his tackling, I would say. He is. Yeah. He, he's not going to try to like – center your body and lay you out but yeah. he's a sure tackler he's yep. a really good tackler so i have no problem with that um i couldn't think of two more opposite 
types of talent coming out of one position group. Like, can you really? Can, uh, well, I mean, yeah, you look at Devin Lloyd, who's the big, tall, you know, ran a four, six, seven, 40 yard dash. So not like a, a burner by any means. Um, he has some pass rush ability based on like his length, his arm length. And, and he looks like a legitimately looks like a defensive end an edge yeah. guy when he, when yep. he rushes the passer um, compared to Nicobe Dean, who looks like a small running back or small, but like, you know, like a Maurice Jones drew or something like that yep. running through the, the, just the line ball, and just a will. bowling ball. And yeah, yeah, just like taking guys out left and right. Who's fast. Yeah. And, 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 and I think it, that's where it, we have to kind of just, it's a style. Yeah, it's a style thing. It's a and fit. That's a really good, great way to say it. It's like you got to trust who – and obviously I don't think the Lions are going to get either of these guys. So, But, like, you look at your team and it's like which one do you think fits best for your scheme? That's, that's really the difference between these guys is what scheme are you going to run? What are you going to have these guys doing? Because they're both going to be very successful if they fall into the right place that they're putting they're put in the right position to do what they do best. I don't know, like, N'Kobe Dean was one of the hardest guys for me to evaluate because when you look at his tape, <laughs> like, he never has to do anything that he's not asked to do. Like, everybody on that defense is so good and is so reliable mm-hmm. up front that his role was always so was just laid out for him. Like, the defensive linemen were going to stop the run. He could just shoot gaps. He could just be that crazy dude with hair on fire and... and fill a role and I don't know, do it better than anybody else. But the 225 pound frame, six foot. Yes. He's undersized as a linebacker in the NFL. Can that work in today's NFL? hundred mm-hmm. percent, but it's gotta be scheme dependent. Yeah. So real quick, last, last thing with the, the linebackers, which one do you like best? I like I like Devin Lloyd. I think his instincts, the way he, and this is the reason I like Chad Muma too, though their instincts Specifically, Devin Lloyd, let's just get back to it. He is always in the right spot at the right time. He is he's one of those guys where if you watch him and he's supposed to be like turned into an edge rusher at that time, he's the one that like disengages from his block because he's reading the the quarterback and the tendencies, and then he'll intercept the pass out of nowhere. Mm. And he's the guy that like, you know, as the the quarterback is doing his, you know, run option and he's pitching it to the running back. He's reading that play the entire time and disengages and engages the right area in space when needed at, at most. I think he's going to be the most productive guy in this draft in the NFL just because he, he knows what's going on. He's smart. If either of these guys are available at Lions at 32, would you take him? Only if the Lions take him. <laughs> that's the so complete, no, that's a until they do, out. and then they're like, no, yeah, I like it. I, I think I am ill-equipped to make that kind of decision. I yeah, don't. Fair. I don't know. As a linebacker, I don't yeah. know how important the position is. I don't know like how they correspond in their their responsibilities with the defensive linemen in space yeah. zone. You know, I don't know. I can't evaluate that. That's not for me to evaluate. I just have to take the coach's word for it at that point. Love it. Follow us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and Twitch. State of my sports. I think we'll be able to do this one a little bit quicker, but I also took from Pro Football Networks, um, James Fragoza. Fragoza. Goza. Is it a Goz? Goza? <laughs> Gozi? Goze. Goze? John? Is it a Goze or Goza? <laughs> I knew I was going to catch him off guard. Joke's on you. I, I, <laughs> I had a little sneeze there a couple minutes ago. I forgot to turn my mic back on. 
Uh, I don't know. Based off of that menu that I was looking at earlier, I'm gonna go with goose. Goose. El goose. James Fragoose. Love it. All right. Running backs. He ranked his top five running backs. We'll talk a little bit about his rankings and kind of where we would lay everybody out. I don't want to get too deep into this. I really don't because I don't think it matters in this league anymore. Um, But his five. It does. It matters. He has Tyler Algier out of BYU. Algier. I've heard of both ways. There's a whole bunch of E's and I's in there, but I think it's Algier. I've heard of both. Okay. Number four. Jerome Ford out of Cincinnati. Number three, he has Isaiah Spiller out of Texas A&M. Number two, he has Kenneth Walker III out of Michigan State. Who? Kenneth Walker III. Start the timer. Start Michigan the State timer. Talk. I just did. Michigan State talk. Um, and then number one, so stop the timer, um, Brees Hall <laughs> out of Iowa State. Let's go the opposite this time. Let's you start at the me. top. You want to start at the top, Ryan? You give us starting at the top? Yeah, let's start at the top. All right. What do you think about Brees Hall being his number one running back? Yet yet another difficult guy for me to evaluate. I mean, he, he surprised everybody at the combine by running like a, what, 4-3-9 or something out of yeah. the running back position. He's he's giant. He runs. He's like long stride kind of a, a running back, which is just opposite of what I like. So It's opposite of what works in the NFL. Well, Unless you, unless, unless you have Derrick Henry, unless you have a lot of other attributes, which it, he, it he's seems huge. Like he's got a little, yeah. He's huge. Brees Hall is is a, a giant human. He runs strong. He has he has three years of of high productivity, high usage rates. He's extremely consistent. I don't think there's there's nothing I want to like knock about the guy. He's my number two running back because I can't figure him out, but he's definitely not my number one. Yeah, so I I have him down to my number three. And in the way I looked at it, and again, I'm more of a, a film guy, not attributes and like measurables and stuff. But like what I saw was fake flashiness. It just looked like stuff that works in college, but no way in hell will ever work in the NFL. And that's the stuff that he relied on. And he might have the size and the, the long stride that you were talking about. And that's stuff that I don't see, don't don't understand. But like what like I saw, the, the looks runs, like he's running in the mud. runs that worked. Do not work in the NFL. And that's what I saw based on his film last night. The guy that, that makes that work in the NFL is Derrick Henry. He looks like a Derrick Henry clone, but he's just not as big and he's not as effective. He's not as fast. See, is he that big? Or is he, like, you, you said he was big, and, and, and six, as I was watching him, I was just like, yeah, he, nothing foot, stood out to me. Six as, foot one, 220 pounds, so, so a, a linebacker-ish body, maybe a little small. I doubt he played at that weight. I think he looks bigger in, on yeah. film. Um, but he he ran a 4.39 40-yard dash, extremely fast for a running back, 40-inch vertical, 126-inch broad jump. So when people expected him to, to test out uh, for combine, they were thinking for a 40-yard dash, they were thinking like 4.55 to 4.6, 40 time. And he runs a 4.39. So I think the explosiveness is there. I just... It's not. It's not the jump cuts. It's not the 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 stop start ability that maybe some other guys might have. So I think it's real. I think it's real, but I don't like it. It's not my style of running. Yeah. Back. Yep. So the one player that just stood out to me here, I am as a Lions fan again. I looked at him and I was like, in probably a completely different body, probably a terrible example, 
But he was doing stuff that was so exciting, so flashy, spin moves, really good cuts and stuff. Like, it reminded me of Amir Abdullah where, yeah, that looks really great, but you're literally running three yards sideways. Yeah. You're doing stuff. You're not gaining forward momentum, period, end of story. Like, that's where I felt like I was watching at least the highlights. Again, I don't watch all of these college football games. I'm a highlight guy and kind of try to gauge what I'm looking at. And what I see is like a lot of stuff that works good against low-end talent college football because he is out of Iowa State. He's not playing real true defensive NFL defensive talent. True. And he's doing stuff that just doesn't work in the NFL, period, end of story, unless you are top three talent of all time type stuff. That's what I saw. And – I could be wrong. No, I, I, I have a hard time moving him below two just because of his measurables. Okay. But I agree. I'm, I'm not a big fan of the way he, he it, runs. It, it, now, I think he has explosive enough ability to make a difference in the NFL. It I just, do. It just blows my mind. And what we're kind of turning into is is that they wouldn't have Kenneth Walker at number one. I know. I don't. Under, I, I didn't see anything that, a, that, that would say that he doesn't deserve to be. And, and there's yeah, a lot of Isaiah big, Spiller ahead of him, too. Out yeah, there. yeah. But there's a lot of, like, we're Big Ten guys, obviously. We sit and watch a lot of the Big Ten. But what he did in the Big Ten this year was absolutely incredible. Um, no question, he's my number one. He's my he's number a one, do too. It all running, he's the only do-it-all running back in this draft that I could see. Yeah, you could find maybe somebody in, in the top ten that has the ability and will kind of explode on the scene and have that good, good feel and stuff. But right here, right now, he's the only one that you could say can be a three-down back in this league, and it doesn't have to be a a piece, if you will. He can. He's a do-it-all guy. He's a three-down guy. He has the ability to be. Will he be? I I, I don't know if that will ever happen again in a long time as a running back in this league, but he's the closest thing you have to it in this draft. And for me, that's what I care about because I'm not drafting two guys. I'm drafting one guy. He has... Kenneth Walker has the stop start cut ability, not a Barry Sanders, but but like a guy like um the Eagles former running back a long time ago. He played for the Westbrook? Uh no. Frick. Uh LaShawn McCoy. He to me yeah. cuts okay. he has the the breaking ankles ability like LaShawn McCoy when he needs it. Does he bounce it off outside too often? I don't know. It seems to work all the time. So yeah. so I'm not gonna fault the guy for being good. And having a lot of production. And let's not pretend this is his only production. Before he got to Michigan State, he had very productive years just without the volume. Mm. And so I hear some arguments like, is he a one-hit wonder? Okay, so if guys play too much, too many reps in, the, in college, they're <laughs> right. saying they're, they don't have any tread left on the tires. And then if they don't play enough, they say, oh, well, he's got plenty of lead, tread left on the tires. I, wait, well, we, don't, I, we haven't seen enough yet. We haven't seen enough. Yeah, maybe a one-hit wonder guy like – Pick a pick a lane. Choose what you think is important. I think he's a great balance of somebody who demonstrated the workhorse ability in college. Yep. Doesn't have the overall mileage on him. So great. He, he's like kind of perfect in that regard in my mind. Also, his knock is that he's not a receiver. He was never asked to be a receiver. When I see him catch balls out of the backfield, he looks natural. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to say he can't catch a, a four-yard pass. I'm sorry, but... Everybody can. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, if and you that's, can't, that's, and that's really embarrassing. Is he a special guy like maybe Aaron Jones that can line up one on one on the outside? No, 
Not many guys do that. So he's a, stop, he's pretending you, stop pretending you need him to do that. Exactly. Yeah. So hands down to me, he's, he's my number one. He's big, strong. He seeks contact. He avoids contact. He's LaShawn McCoy mixed with some some like DeAndre Swift actually is, is the guy that to me just seems has that. Not necessarily miss. coming out of college. DeAndre Swift, the De- the DeAndre Swift on the that lines. we've seen, he looks like DeAndre Swift to me, with maybe more of like a, a desire to go, he, move forward. And he, yeah, I I just see a poor man's, and this sounds bad, but a poor man's Adrian Peterson, where he yeah he doesn't run like Adrian Peterson. There's something about him that reminds me of him, though. I don't know what it is. Yeah. Is it the stri- the standing up? Maybe the the he runs high. Yeah, he runs high, mm-hmm. and that's probably what it what where it sticks out to me. And sorry, how how important? Wow. <laughs> how important is this position of need for you guys? Do you think? It, it's it's not there. It's a luxury if somebody falls for the Lions or for the league. For the Lions. Yeah, it's not a it's not a position that we need to prioritize in the draft. But if we get that, a guy. That could contribute, then 100%. Yeah. Okay. But anyways, that, that's kind of where, where I'm at with, with, with the running backs. It was a little weird. Um, you get the Isaiah Spillers of the world that are saying, um, I mean, that look, they're saying is, is better than, than Kenneth Walker. And, and I don't see that, but I do see it over a Brees Hall, personally, because he reminds me of DeAndre Swift. A little Brees bit. Hall? Yeah. And this is where I just, this is where I look at the game completely different. And this yeah. is where I feel so uncomfortable myself. <laughs> like, shouldn't Ryan doesn't that. agree with me. Like, what, what am I seeing? Shouldn't, like, shouldn't have said that. All right, whatever. <laughs> I, I just see the miss, missability is what I, what I thought. But. No. Um, I, Isaiah Spiller, no. He's not in my top five. No? No. I don't see, I don't see why people love him so much. I don't see an explosiveness. I don't see, uh, may, I, you know what I think it really is, is just college production. And sorry, you're not, when, I, when I watch somebody, I'm not going to just base it on only production. And I don't see the, the top end speed, the breakaway speed. I don't see the, the breaking tackles. I don't see the jump cuts. I don't see the explosiveness, acceleration. He literally takes, he gets the yards that the offense designed for him. So yes, Can, do you have a spot in the NFL? Sure. You do. You can play in the NFL. Are you going to be a high draft pick? Not for me. No. How about James Cook or Brian Robinson? Uh, James Cook is number four on my board. Okay. Yeah, what do you think? I James oh. Cook was was. I think he should have been my. He was going to be in my top five over Jerome Ford and Tyler Algier. Yeah. Good. I'm glad. The the man has done damage all year long. So. Isaiah Spiller, number three. No, I'm sorry. Off your board. I, I don't see where that where that's coming from. My number three is Damian Pierce out of Florida. Really? And if you watch this guy run, to me, he is uh, who's the he's almost like a James Robinson where he seeks contact and just like is the tryhard type of guy. But also the um, running back out of uh, from the Chicago Bears. What's his name? David something. No. Montgomery, Montgomery, yes, David, David Montgomery. Montgomery. Yeah, so Montgomery just like seeking contact is a miss a lot of the backfield. I is is he going to break away uh, an eighty yard touchdown run? No, he's not going to do that. But Damien Pierce to me is hundred percent running back, seeks contact, not afraid of anything. 
I, I saw him on pro day uh, on the senior bowl second day. They lined him up at the end of the day against a linebacker. And he just, he like, he locked up with him and he shouldn't have won that battle. And he went one-on-one at the end of the day. And I saw, I saw uh, Dan Campbell watching that play, just like with a smile on his face. Like, I think this is a guy that the Lions really like Damian Pierce. Where can they get him? Um, third round, probably. Yeah, right with that. Yeah, third round or maybe even fourth if he starts to fall. Right. I think I think uh, if you watch him run though, he's not going to fall much farther than that because uh, he's he makes guys miss. He's tough. Cool. Who? So real quick, who is your top five? Yeah, Kenneth Walker. I, I just have Kenneth Walker, Brees Hall because Brees Hall is the one I don't. I have no idea where I'm going to put him because I think he's has higher upside than Damian Pierce. But then I have James Cook because he is a gifted runner that people are sleeping on. I agree with that. He is. I, I think he sees the field better than anybody gives, gives him credit for. What about for. Rashad White? Rashad White out of what? Where? I didn't write that down. I watched. I'm not, I'm not familiar, so that's, that's on me for not going deep enough. But Pierre Strong out of North Dakota State University, he's my number five. Go watch him. He's a he's a man child. Uh, he I get he's going up against lesser competition out of North Dakota State. Doesn't matter. Tested out well. Big strong. Good runner. From the Red Wings to Michigan State, we're talking about it. This is State of My Sports. All right, that was some good draft talk. Ooh, Here we are. Rashad White's out of Arizona State. Thank you. Oh, sorry, that was the wrong one. Draft. Mock draft. Oh, dang it. Draft music. Hey, we did it. All righty, all righty, all righty. I forgot Man. to ask Micah to draw <laughs> names out of the hat. <laughs> But, Micah, since you are gone, you'll mm-hmm. get the first overall pick. Oh, Eeny, meeny, miny, moe. We're going to make you Ryan. You set me up for failure? Ryan deserves the third overall pick, I'm going to say. Where are you, Sam? Second? I don't know. Should I be second or fourth? You can take second. I won the golf thing. All right. I'm going to take second. I'll take, got, the, I'll take the back-to-back picks. John's taking fourth. I must have gotten second on that uh, golf thing, right? You want to switch it up? No. Do you want second overall no, pick? No, no. I got third. All Fine. right. So what we're doing is our NBA Adopt-A-Team draft, like we always do. Um, real quick, I want to talk about some of the odds. You got Phoenix Suns are the f- favorite at plus 275, Milwaukee Bucks at plus 500, and the Brooklyn Nets, who's in the play-in play tournament, whatever that thing means, at plus 650. <laughs> Golden State, 800. Celtics, 900. And Philadelphia, 76ers, plus 1,000. Miami Heat, who was the, what, they won the East, right? Number one seed. Plus 1,000. So, I could tell you guys more, but instead we're just going to do our draft to save some time. That's cool with you. Nice. So, Micah, you are on the clock, and you get to draft the first NBA team. Can I tell you more before the pick? Tell me more what? Oh, the the Nets won tonight. The Nets yeah. did win. So, cross. The Cavs? Yeah, cross Cleveland off your list. Well, they're still in it, though. They still could be on, in it. What? Don't they play somebody else? I like think Friday? they play another game. Yeah, they'll play another game. Oh, they play the loser. The eight seed. Yeah. Oh, jeez. It's really goofy. I, I I tried to understand it. My boss Jeff was trying to explain it to me, and I just said, "Yeah, I get it." Oh. Just because <laughs> I didn't. Well, I at this uh, point, honestly, I think it's stupid. I don't like it. 
and I don't want to learn it because I think that she need to get rid of it personally. Oh, so they would play the winner of Charlotte and Atlanta? Sounds right. Or yeah. loser. The, the winner, no, they're in. The loser. No, the Nets it. are in. The Nets are in. Nets the Nets are, are in. And now... But Cleveland will play the loser. The winner, the winner of, of to the become other the two. Yeah. To become the eight seed. Yeah. That's why I didn't... I, oh, I, my gosh. It's right. very confusing. Anyway, very stupid. forget the NBA. No, forget the NBA? No, yeah, let's just pick our teams. My pick is then. All right. Oh, there we go. Phoenix Suns. Very nice. Knew it. Right, Mine as well. Good choice. All right, I'm gonna my pigs in. With the second overall pick, Sam selects the Milwaukee Bucks. Back to back, baby. Uh, this is tough. <laughs> you did this on purpose. What? You did this on purpose because the top two picks are pretty good bets. Yeah, and I didn't want you to have back-to-back picks. They're actually not the greatest bets in Vegas, but you're right. Yeah. You could win more <laughs> with the same bet. Yeah. Um. All right. I guess with the third pick, my uh, my pick is in. Oh. I mean, <laughs> man, Warriors are not been playing good, especially with Steph. He said Curry the Warriors. Injury. All right, Warriors. Nope. Oh, nope. that was nope. your first. Nope. Part? I'm going out on a limb here. My first pick here. Don't do it. I know what you're doing. Dang nabbit. I'm Don't. going. I'm going to Memphis Grizzlies. Whoa, uh, that's not who I was expecting. Did take one of my teams, nice. John, back-to-back picks. My first back-to-back pick is in. I'm also going to go on a limb here. <laughs> and I'm going to pick the Philadelphia 76ers with my first pick. That's who I thought you were going to take, Ryan. I really thought you were going to take the Sixers. I don't want them. You don't like them. James Harden, see ya. Swimming your picks in. My pick is in. <laughs> on a further limb, give me the Dallas Mavericks. I was no freaking way. Huh. I wasn't, yeah. That's Lu- that's a yeah. Luca Luca can do a lot. It's his time to take over. Yeah. So they're at plus three thousand. Neil. Ten dollar bet will win you three hundred ten dollars. John, you already put your bracket money where your mouth is. Fifty on Luca. If I would have put fifty on Scotty, I would have won six forty. So uh, my pick is in. If I'm gonna bet on hero ball from anybody. I can't go Warriors because Steph is injured. Uh, I can't go Celtics because they just – I don't think they're going to do it. I have to go with Brooklyn Nets. They have too much firepower with Kevin Durant as a bad seed. <laughs> Taking the Nets. Oh my God. Or no, it's me. Sorry. <sighs> he put the pressure on himself. My picks in. Thought so. I'm going to take. <laughs> He's still deciding. <laughs> the Denver Nuggets. Oh, really? Because of so many reasons that I don't have time to explain. Not the Cavs or let's the Let's just Pelicans? go three rounds today. You guys good with three rounds instead of four? No, let's keep going. You want to go four rounds? 
Keep it going. Yeah, all right. We're going to keep it going, but I just crossed out the fourth one. But I can rewrite it. But, Mike, you're on the clock. Picks in. Give me South Beach, baby. My Miami Heat. Yeah. It's a good pick. Mm. He's taking his talents to South Beach. Number one seed of the East. Back to back, Micah. Picks in. <laughs> Go ahead. Tell him to stop pressing the button, please. Who's your next pick? Golden State. Really? Yep. Thought I'd get him round three. All right. My pick's in. Jazz hands. Whoa. Oh, no. He did not do jazz hands. The Nuggets and the Jazz. Wow. Like There's the, the 0% same, chance I'm going to take the, the Celtics. Same you have a 100% chance of losing in the second or third round. <laughs> <laughs> yep. <laughs> One of my teams, though. Yeah, well, both. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's great. Um, my pick is in. Your team might not even make the playoffs. Oh. They're they're playing too well right now. I don't I don't like them. I actually hate, I don't like them at all. But I'm gonna go with the Celtics. Ryan, big Celtics fan. Yeah. Big Celtics fan. Heard it here first. That's what I heard. Man, I think like getting the fourth pick out of us four is like a disadvantage. <laughs> I mean, there's only like two teams that are really good. <laughs> All right, I got back to back. Yeah. All well, right. are we doing four? We're doing four. Yeah, let's do it. Why I'll not? Do four. Might as well. We're still under. Yeah, one percent. I'll have three garbage teams. You know? <laughs> <laughs> throwing my stuff again. Oh, did you say your picks? In? I'm on another limb here, but the Chicago Bulls. I like what Demar Derozan's doing. So why don't you take him with your first pick? I wanted that value at three. <laughs> yeah, they they were they were number one in the East for a long time. Yeah, they were. They Playing were awful right now. Yeah. <laughs> All right, your second picks in. Oh, I gotta go with a second Western Conference team. I think right because I already got two Eastern. Uh, I don't know. Give me. They're playing tonight. I can't pick either of those teams without knowing the outcome. <laughs> That's why I said, like, let's just get rid of the fourth round. Oh, <laughs> like, there's no man, none I, of these teams no, are going to win. No, no, no. There's, these are good teams. I know. Can I look Can I look <laughs> real quick at the updated box score? Hold on. Give me a second. Whoa. Yeah, I need the advantage. <laughs> All right. Dang. Who you got? My pick is in. Yeah, I already pushed the button. <laughs> Again. Um... <laughs> Give me the Clippers, I guess. Clips. I really wanted to go T-Wolves there. I'm oh, not going to lie. I, I mean, T-Wolves are a sneaky bet there. But uh, my pick is in. Going with the Scotty Barnes-led Toronto Raptors. Hey, they have an advantage, home court advantage when unvaccinated players. Yeah. That's exactly what I'm going there. with them. Yep. My pick's in. Unfair advantage. I'm going to go with Trey Young and the Atlanta Hawks. Hey, they made the, the conference championship last year. Nice. My teams are set. Pick is in. Timberwolves, baby. T. Thank you. Wolves. 
Nice. Well, have fun winning that, Micah. Sons, Watch the Suns, Heat, Warriors, T-Wolves. <laughs> He's going to lose. I think we're all going to lose except for one. Yeah, something something tells me the Bucks are uh, looking good. Because I took them. What the, yeah, that's the reason. That was fun. Was it? Yeah. I, I thought it was. I yeah. can't wait for the NHL one. That's always really fun. Yeah. Because you can get some crazy teams winning the Stanley Cup. Bless you. Thank you. And they have playing games too, right? They must no. have. Oh, they play okay. actual real. Oh, it's real playoffs. Real playoffs. Yeah, I got it. All right. Do they have overtime or a shootout? Or is it overtime, then a shootout? Just overtime. All overtime. the way through in, oh. in the playoffs. I love those late like West Coast Conference games that go in overtime. And they it's go like, to like 2 o'clock? Yeah, it's like the next day. Oh, you know? so can't, can't turn it off because it's, it's good hockey. I literally lose probably 12 hours of sleep. A week? A week. <laughs> playoff because hockey? Because of playoff hockey. What are we going to talk about next? Follow us on Instagram, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, Twitter. and Twitch. State of my sports. Ryan, can you explain Betting Hero in like 20 seconds? Yeah, bettinghero.com, promo code MIBETS. What, what does Betting Hero bring to this world? <laughs> Money. Yeah, so they their sports betting platform. They bring all of the uh, available legal, whatever you want to call it, in uh, <laughs> options for online sports betting in the state of Michigan. So everybody has an opportunity. Go to promo code MIBETS. Go to the <laughs> put, put, put in bettinghero.com and you're all set. Yeah, just bet on sports. This is what you got to do. Last week, my Wednesday parlay. Literally I put won. a five-leg parlay on the line at plus 14 34. I had the Jets minus one and a half over the Wings. Wings won three to one. That was a massive loss. Uh, Blues minus one and a half over the Kraken. Blues won. I got that one. Nets money line. Got that one. Durant over 29 and a half. I got that one. Over two and a half threes. Two. I lost. He was two of 10 for three. He did it again today. Stop betting on Durant over two and a half threes, Sam. I should get that tattooed on my. Fingers when I'm typing in my bets, I'm like, nope. oh no, I'm not supposed to do that. Nope, can't. Don't bet on Durant over two and a half threes. He's a jump shooter yeah. now. That would be <sighs> your first indeed. tattoo. I would recommend it. Yeah, now I'm two and six on my Wednesday parlays. But hey, these are tough. The payouts are there. So winning two of two of eight is not that bad if you do it right. Um, so tomorrow, Blue Jackets money line against the Canadians. Rangers money line against the Flyers. Jets minus one and a half against the Kraken. I got the Hawks money line over the Hornets and Trey Young over 28 and a half points, I'm hoping. And over his threes, threes, which will probably be two and a half. Is my got guess. it. It's usually where it's at. So that is. It's not bad. My Wednesday parlay. Let's get into our beer grades for today. Let's do it. What are we drinking today, Micah? Juju Smith Lager. Juju Smith I forgot. Lager. Not we a were good drinking for a minute. Sorry. <laughs> <clears throat> this unique lager takes the traditional light body and refreshing qualities of traditional lagers and combines it with white wine, fruit, and grape profile of the Hallerto Blanc hops for a nice and juicy brew. Dry hopped for an extra burst of flavor and aroma. It's a five percenter. What do you guys think? A lot of flavor for a lager. We already talked about it. 
it stuck with me. It was really good. I agree about the wine thing too. Like I, once you start, uh, once you're aware that it's there, then then you can appreciate it. John, do you appreciate it? I do. I appreciate it so much. I gave it a seven point seven. Ryan, eight one. <laughs> what was that, Micah? <laughs> seven six. It was weird. <laughs> what was that? I don't know. He's getting all weird. I was trying to do like a fake thing. I think they call that fake that I was going to ask you, but then I was going to give mine grade quick, and I just screwed it up. I think it's called like nonverbal communication. (laughs) (laughs) But there was no eye contact. (laughs) I read about it once. It's just like weird. (laughs) We need to clip that. We don't don't clip things. Let's remember that that never happened. Too bad I switched the camera angles. (laughs) (laughs) Sam's not in the picture. Sam had a moment with himself. <laughs> no, I think you guys are kind of spot on with your with your seven six seven seven grade, but I'm gonna go seven eight. Huh. Nice. I think that kind of thing, just like the weird, you know, thing moment that you just had with Micah, that kind of happens in a Joe Rogan style podcast like this. Does it? Yeah. Like, like just straight no four cuts. hours. Yeah. Don't nobody huh. ever he, stops. He had a moment with Eating me. Mushrooms. <laughs> Four hours? <clears throat> we're we're only like an hour away. <laughs> <laughs> we're only at two hours. What what are we at? I don't know, but if we talk about kickers and the NFL draft, we might get there. It's next week. What next week, we kickers. Special team? <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean next week is our last is that our last episode before the draft, or is it we got two more? Two more. Two more. Draft is on a Thursday night. Next week, you know where we're at? No. I haven't told you yet. Have I told you yet, John? I heard it, but I didn't write it down or put it in my calendar. White Flame. White Flame. We are oh, at cool. White Flame oh. Brewing. It's been a lot of time in the nice. – a lot of, lot of work in the making. We got one it's last been. beer grade. Uh, yes. Oh, yes, beer grade. Coming a lot in. of time in the working. It's been hours since we had a chat. Um, <laughs> thank you, Gary, <laughs> for staying up with like us. three and a half. Um, I hope you got the weather report for tomorrow and traffic doesn't get you in the way in the way to work. Uh, Max Power Lager from DeHops Brewing. A solid lager, 7.9. Nice. Wait, that's a lager? That's a 10.2% lager. Is that a lager? Look on there. Is that a lager? Max Power? I'm not I'm not it's finding a it on Belgian there. Belgian Golden Strong Ale. Ooh. Strong. Max strong Ale. Power. Strong Arm. Strong max maximum. Ales and lagers power. are similar. Ten point two. I gave it to her. Ten point two percent alcohol by volume. It's heavy. And she drove home. Carrie, how are you feeling after that ten point two? Yeah, tell or us. An hour, tell us an hour number three. <laughs> we will wait. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Bad internet connection. That's why we're not getting the chat. Many moments ah. later. <laughs> <laughs> But that was episode 152 here at the Hops. Thank you guys for recording. I love doing this for you guys. I really do. Thank you all for listening, watching live, being part of the conversation. We'll talk to you from White Flame next week, if not sooner. I'm going to bed. <laughs> You've been listening to State of My Sports. Peace. From the Red Wings to the Lions to the Tigers to the Pistons to Michigan and Michigan State and everything in between, we're talking about it. And don't forget the beer.
We hope you enjoyed the show. Make sure to like, rate, and review. In the meantime, hook up with us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and Twitch at State of My Sports with an M-I. We'll see you next time.